0: You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to another episode
1: of the Laugh Button podcast. I'm your host and your editor in chief of the laughbutton.com. Matt Kleinschmidt. and I'm here with Bram Teitelman, editor in chief of metalinsider.net, our sister site. Yeah. And we also I think it's have a brother site
2: actually if you want your to Your brother
1: that. site yeah. we can be bros. I think sister works. And then we also have a very special guest, Brittany Brave from the Laugh Button Metal Insider Hybrid. Sure.
3: From everything. From
1: everything. Under the sun. She was supposed to be with us last week, but she uh, she could not make it. It was also her birthday last week.
3: That's so why kinda, I couldn't so make yeah,
1: it. That's exactly what it is, because you have a life.
3: Well, yeah, it's a national holiday. <laughs> oh, that's not what it was? Yeah. One more year
2: of life. And it was also the day that uh, Beyonce twins, so.
1: Yeah, it was Beyonce twin announces. Which, by the way, you have a special kindred thing for Beyoncé.
3: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there were two big announcements on my birthday two years in a row. I mean, I knew it all along, but now just the rest They're of the They are both Beyoncé
4: announcements.
1: They
3: were. What was the first one? Uh, Formation. She released her single and announced <laughs> Lemonade and the World Tour. Oh, okay. Um, felt personal, but I didn't want to overthink it. And then this year... <laughs> two bundles of joy. I mean. <laughs> By the way,
1: can we talk about the photo for a second? Like, it's fucking ridiculous, right?
3: Yeah, there's that, that internet meme going around. It's like, Deb from Napoleon Dynamite creative directed the shoot. Uh, <laughs> oh, I haven't seen this. Oh, no? Yeah. And it's it makes a lot of sense.
1: Well, now you have two bundles of joy again. Me and Matt. Yeah,
2: exactly. There
3: you go. <laughs>
1: good, good, good. I feel like Beyonce. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, welcome to the podcast, Brittany Brave. This is your first time. Bram, you're an old hat at this point. I'm very old. And Mark <laughs> and uh, Mark is Actually, continues his furlong. uh, Hi, Mark. Where's he at this year? This week, he's in India. He's in, uh, yes, (laughs) Indiana, India. Oh, Indiana. Indiana. I kind of picture Mark when he takes time off to be sitting on the back of like Falcor from The NeverEnding Story. Basically, Mark is a Treyu because he looks like a boy and he also has the haircut as well. So Mark is a Treyu in my mind when he's on these vacations and these furlongs.
3: Whenever he does anything, I imagine him having a cape on. Like even if he's <laughs> like, oh, I just, I tuned into the Grammys last night.
1: Wearing my
2: cape? <laughs> Wearing
3: my cape. I'm on. actually
1: imagining him watching The NeverEnding Story on his couch with a cape on. By the way, that story, that that movie fucked me up as a kid. I don't know if like you guys have watched the show. i have not. You've never seen the Neverending Story. I have. No,
3: but I welcome spoilers. Oh my
1: God! It's spoilers. first of all, it's a spoiler alert. It ended. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no spoiler. way. It did. Other spoiler alert. The movie's 30 years old, so <laughs> I don't know if that really works. Okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> it was a big movie as a kid, and it basically is a kid uh, reading a book about a story, and then he's reading the story, and like there's this imaginary dragon beast f- lion thing called Falcor okay. who flew in the sky. was very serpentine, and there was a the main guy it was a Treyu, and Atreyu was like what twelve, thirteen. He was a young kid, sure, and he was reading about it, and like the the he was like trying to what was he trying to do? I remember. He was trying to get to a castle, and he had to do basically a series of tests. And while the nothing was coming, the nothing was basically just this big void that would like eat you. Black hole. Yeah, you nice. gotta watch. I can't believe you've never seen Never Ending Story. I know you're younger than me, but like,
3: well, it's a gonna classic. I was gonna say when you're like, well, this was really popular when I was a kid. I'm like, I think all three of us have been kids at different times. <laughs> we absolutely we have been ar- kids
1: at different times. Argue that? Could be. Yeah. Also,
3: you're just saving me a lot of time by speeding up the Never Ending Story process.
1: No, but you should watch it because it's really good. First of all, when you're like ten and. And like his, oh, spoiler, his, his horse dies. A tr- uh,
3: Out of all the things all to Texas. ruin? Yeah. You well, want to see it now, don't you? dead yeah. yeah. horse. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Well, what the, a great
1: kid story. Well, because it's a big thing. Because like, like Artex dies. He goes, Artex, oh, you're sinking. Because he like dies in like, uh, what is it? Quicksand? Mud? What is he dying, Bram? I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah, but you know the show. You know what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah, but it's been years. <laughs> That could be a whole other podcast. I don't know how we got on the
1: topic of movies we haven't seen. I don't know how yeah, I got the, we I know how I got on the topic of the never-ending story.
3: Why yeah, do sure. I feel like this is one of those movies that no matter who you ask, the plot is completely different? It's
1: not. It's not. It's just I'm bad at explaining I the just plot to him. Writing oh. that that thing. Yeah, a Falcor. Yeah, Trey, you ride in Falcor, and yeah. then the kid wrote it at the end of it because it was and, like it was the shit. It was a big. It was very eighties yeah. like like someone who wrote it definitely did cocaine like it was definitely like when you're watching like uh, one of those guys get HR puff and stuff like you're like these guys are fucking on mushrooms as they're writing oh, children yeah. Shit. yeah well not Rankin Bass Rankin Bass did the uh, the stop motion Rudolph stuff uh, I read Mitt- they were on Sin- cocaine all that's now Jesus Christ Sid and Marty Croft is who I'm thinking of for HR puff and stuff not fucking cocaine Jesus Christ It's a great podcast we're doing so far. I don't know how we got off topic, but I'm going to (laughs) reset. Reset. Here we go. The the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network. Let's announce who we have as a guest today. How about we do that? Sure. It's uh, comedian Harrison Greenbaum. Mark and I went into Harrison's house and did a a great interview with Harrison. Harrison's a comedian who's currently opening for Gat Emila, who's uh, the quote-unquote French Jerry Seinfeld.
4: Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh
1: huh. Gad, uh huh. Gad's great. He actually has a, a new Netflix special that just came out. Uh, and Harrison, as I go back to him, he's a comedian, he's a magician, he used to write for Mad Magazine. He's this great backstory. Uh, we go into all the details. I was dying to ask him one question, but I didn't want to torpedo the whole interview, but I basically asked him about uh, his obsession with escape the rooms. <laughs> I, I knew this. I was like, oh, so I hear you're, and, and the funny thing is, we're, as a company, are doing an escape the room as like a, you know, a, a culture fun fest type of thing. So I was like, I need to get pointers from this guy about escape the rooms. So, well,
3: now we know if you're out of the room in point two seconds. Uh, basically, you know I've is. just
1: been texting Harrison. Hey, did you do this room? Yeah, find this, this, and because I have a feeling Harrison's going to help me cheat. i so actually that's, that's my ace in the hole. Hopefully, no one else listens to this because Harrison's going to help me win at our fucking fun club. So. I have two thoughts. One, I
2: hope that uh, I'm on your team. <laughs> okay. And two, I'm already plotting how to escape you this know what? room. <laughs>
1: Shit. Bram, you know what's funny? Is every time we do things like this, you okay. always... Don't high-five him on that fucking Shh. terrible joke. We're
3: on the same team.
1: <laughs> By the way, Bram, uh, for some reason, every time we do these things and in the office, you end up on my team. And there's always a balance. Either it's something you're tremendously great at and I'm shitty at, or vice versa. Yeah. Like when we go bowling, I'm a half-decent bowler. And Bram, you're the worst fucking bowler there was, on the
3: world. There program. was a period of time where we just did a lot of bowling as yeah. these company activities. And Bram's
2: terrible at it. I got the, better and better and still suck. majorly. you almost cracked th- triple digits.
3: My entire team kicked me off of the team. That's how bad I was. Like quintessential bowling.
2: Yeah, I l- think l- when all l- the other kids were bowling, I
1: was watching The ending Story and forgetting about
3: it. <laughs> Stop being go. an
1: asshole. I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So let's okay. Comedy news. So, so Harrison Greenbaum is our, co- is our is our guest on the on the podcast this week. I keep resetting every five minutes. I was reset the podcast. There we go. Uh, Harrison Greenbaum is our is our is our, is our uh, guest and we'll get to that interview in a bit. But let's go over some of the headlines this week. Big, big fucking week for SNL guys. Yeah, like, I don't like like I feel like thirty things broke up, so our story wise from SNL, all basically stemming from this week's uh, episode where Kristen Stewart hosted. But no one's talking about Kristen Stewart hosting SNL because she almost just kind of was a byproduct of the whole episode.
3: Yeah, she kind of got swallowed by all the other. Yeah, ben and, and-
1: but Tatina's. I'm about Tatinas. yeah she did do True. the Tatinas sketch do not sketch. forget you yeah. do not forget Tatinas never forget never forget, forget. Tatinas forget. but uh, well, Kristen Stewart kind of always had this kind of like too cool for school kind of persona and like it definitely plays off in this actually the one and so she didn't really kind of I don't want to say she didn't embrace hosting because you have to embrace hosting to even want to host unless you're Steven Seagal who's like notoriously bad I just feel like or he, Trump <laughs> she just wasn't. Um, she wasn't front and center, and all the all the memorable sketches, save for a Totino's sketch, uh, she wasn't really the center of. Like Melissa McCarthy's bit about her doing Sean Spicer literally set the world on fire. Yeah. Uh, well, for rightfully so, it was an unbelievable sketch. She comes in basically spoofing White House press correspondent, uh, press coordinator.
3: Unbelievable, unbelievable impression, too. Like yeah. equally spot on and equally just <laughs> her own at the same time. Not mm. to
2: mention the fact that it wasn't announced and people didn't even really. Know that it was her at first. If you, you notice the applause, yeah, you, like you there's a, there's a primary
1: applause and then there's a secondary applause. And go, oh, that's oh, actually Melissa McCarthy.
2: Yeah,
5: yeah.
1: And uh, Sean Spicer actually found, like, people, he said his phone blew up and people are like, what the fuck is going on? And he thought something like a travesty Yeah, happened. he like, thought it was like a,
3: was, a national Like there was
1: emergency. some sort of like a national emergency because he was in church when the text message. Oh, there is Which a national are- emergency going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, last week was the political podcast, buddy. And this week, no politics. It's
3: <laughs> a never ending story. It's a never ending yeah. <laughs> story
1: politics um but yeah it's it's crazy because she did this and everyone's kind of raved. and melissa mccarthy like she, she to me she reminds me of chris farley because there's not much physical comedy on snl these days say for every once in a while beck bennett will do stuff but for the last i don't know 10 15 years ever since kind of like tina fey took over it's been way more of a writer's kind of uh writer's kind of snl yeah. um the last big i mean uh you know, physical humor uh, personal uh personalness now I want to say is maybe like a Will Farrell. It's probably the closest thing. Yeah. And Melissa McCarthy approaches it with like she was like Farley. You know, it's like it's like her doing her Matt Foley impression almost.
3: Yeah. And even on terms of like an energy level too, like the cast hasn't yeah. seen someone who who has that like bullet like energy since probably like a Sherry O'Terry. Yeah or yeah. something. You know? Cocaine. <laughs> right. well, you can't say that on this. Today's here. lap
2: Button podcast is brought <laughs> to <by laughs> you by the drug cocaine
3: cocaine. <laughs> I'm not
1: saying Sherry O'Terry did cocaine, but I'm saying like like Chris Farley, you know, he he dabbled in a few different drugs. Cocaine might have been one of them. And
3: he's not a selfish guy. No, so he,
1: yeah, I know he might have shared. So, right. yeah. so Melissa McCarthy Dr. does. Drugs. It, so Melissa McCarthy does this impersonation of Sean Spicer. Everyone fucking loves it, save for our president in chief, Donald Trump. He didn't like it either actually. He was like No, that's what got, I'm saying. No, I mean Spicer was like Well, Spicer kind of laughed it was, off like but, uh, the way a politician but should. But like. then he was yeah. like
2: it got mean. The show got really mean. But he
1: said he didn't say his impersonation got mean. He said Alec Baldwin's impersonation of the president got mean. That's what he said. So it so. just
3: means it got real. Yeah. yeah, basically. Realer than ever.
1: But I, but I do think, I mean, a few things have happened, though. But, like, the ratings just came out this morning that SNL's ratings have not been this high in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, clearly, they're, they've tapped onto some sort of zeitgeist. I mean, 20 years, that's even talking about they've beat the ratings of 2008 when Tina Fey did the whole Sarah Palin stuff, too. What show
2: or anything, any band or artist or anything... Wouldn't want the president being like, "Hey, this sucks. Don't watch this. It's terrible." Yeah, <laughs> well, I know that's the funny. Well,
1: what could possibly go wrong?
3: And if you you listen to Lorne Michaels in any interview, like he wanted it to be this cult rebellious comedy that kind of shook everything up when he kind of created it. Like,
1: well, yeah, it was it was it was a, it was the show of the counterculture yeah. when it first started, but it hasn't really been the counterculture in a long time. No,
3: it went through a brief period of time where it was very uh, internet trend friendly and.
1: Well, yeah, because I mean they had to make that transition to like th- that was around the time of Andy Samberg and in the Lonely Island where they had to kind of make that transition. So I mean, I think that was actually very important for them, but I think I I don't know if it's they still feel like they're responsible in some way for quote-unquote Normalizing Trump they get a lot of shit about normalizing Trump. by having them on the show last year But I think that it's kind of found okay. We can definitely these are some establishment people we can kind of still poke holes in and um, We talked about this last week briefly about like, you know when that person appears on the show it no longer becomes funny You know, so like I, I like when they don't have politicians on the show they don't have the celebrity they're mocking on the show,
2: and now it's really funny because it's actually really getting under the president's skin. Well, that's he's sitting first. around watching SNL, like <laughs> on a Saturday night. Yeah. He's actually sitting around watching it. I I, I don't know. I mean, but so like, at
3: least we know for that one hour and a half, everything's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. no
1: buttons are being pressed. <laughs>
3: yeah, nothing's exploding. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I guess I guess so. But so so the Sean Spicer thing happened, and the other thing that really kind of got under his crawl about it was the fact that it was a woman portraying Sean Spicer. I don't know if you heard this, Brittany, um, but like Trump literally got mad. Because I did, he yeah. said uh, he's like a woman was portraying a man, and he got pissed at Spicer for that.
3: And somehow I'm not surprised that that would be his his gut reaction a, his whatsoever. Heel. Yeah, um, mm. but I mean, just to you know redirect it back to Melissa McCarthy, I mean, it's that gender ambiguous comedy too that she yeah. has as well that you yeah. gotta pat her on the back for. Um, but. Or grab
2: her and... Forget it. Hey, stop. Oh, excuse. (laughs) I
3: stopped. stopped. She grabbed that impression by its tiny hands. (laughs) By its tiny little hands. You
1: you know what? And Melissa McCarthy had a great weekend because she had that Super Bowl commercial about the Kia commercial about saving the trees and saving the rain. Like, she had a really great weekend. And the funny thing about it was I actually just watched Boss for the first time that Saturday. Yeah. So I saw her in Boss, which, by the way, underrated. Great movie if you haven't seen it. Her and Boss. I've not. She... She's great. It's exactly what you'd expect from a Melissa McCarthy movie. So I watched Boss, laughed at that for two hours with my wife, fast forward a couple, an hour or two, SNL, and she's on SNL, and then she's doing a Super Bowl. So, like, I just did nothing but pay attention to Melissa McCarthy all weekend. Yeah. Not the worst thing. No, not at all, not at all. But so Trump gets mad that a woman portrays uh, one of his cabinet members. Now, I personally. Allegedly. well, that's the, that's the, There's just uh, leaks yes. coming all over. The place. <laughs> this is true. The leaks are coming. That that's that's. I'm not actually... talking about
2: the ones to take place in Russian hotel rooms. But
1: he's also, but he's also been. It sounds like he was Spicer wasn't his first call, his first choice for that position. So I think he kind of doesn't like Spicer to begin with. Yeah. Spicer was like kind of like pushed upon him by Ryan's Priebus. So he's looking to like you know kind of wage any kind of war he can. Yeah. Poke
3: holes wherever he can.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So
3: I also think he thinks it's a weird. <laughs> De- defense of his cabinet by saying something like well, that. You well, know, I, I Yeah.
1: I, th- I think the way that man is is he doesn't like the look weak in public and, and people in his cabinet look weak. He therefore looks weak. I think that's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, with that being said, people suggested, like John saying, and a couple other comedians suggested, like. Rosie. Uh, well, they actually, first they said a woman should do it. And then someone said, hey, Rosie should do it because Rosie and Trump had this few years ago when yep. she was on The View. And Rosie basically said, yeah, I'll fucking do it. Yeah, she me. said, <laughs> like,
3: whenever the time comes, I'm there. I'm, yeah. I'll,
1: I think her exact words were like, I'll serve if called if or something called, like, yeah. yes. I mean, yeah. she already got, like, referenced in a debate. Yeah, you know, she did. Back all the shit he talked and, about her. Yeah, because it's funny because they didn't because this week Steve Bannon appeared on the show, but he appeared as the Grim Reaper in the cold opening. So yeah. they don't really have a quote unquote Bannon in there yet. But with Alec Baldwin hosting this weekend, who's done Trump for the last six months or so, um, it very well could be. It would be great if like Melissa McCarthy, Alec Baldwin, and Rosie O'Donnell show up and just kind of do a whole cabinet cold open type of. great I would cat. watch the whole show. That should just be the whole show. <laughs> yeah. So and it back. would probably be the, the if
2: if you're saying that it's. It's biggest ratings in 20 yeah, years. Yeah, biggest ratings in 20 years. This Saturday is probably
1: the the weekend to watch. Right? Yeah. It, it, I think it is the weekend to watch. And going back to Kristen Stewart and the whole episode, the episode felt edgy for the first time in a long time. First of all, she drops an F bomb during her monologue, yes. completely accidentally. Uh, I'm
3: not, I'm not fully convinced. The rebel, well, yeah, the rebel in the me rebel. <laughs> a little orchestrated.
1: <laughs> it's highly possible. Yeah. Me. <clears throat> so there's that, and there's the whole weekend update flubs where, like, you know, basically Michael Che flubbed the joke redid the joke Colin Joes came out of the uh, piece with Keenan Thompson like almost ending Weekend Update and they're like hey there's a whole other segment mm-hmm. and then you have the Melissa McCarthy thing the cold open like for the first time it felt like it was a live show like the show's always been live yeah. but like it really felt live this here's weekend, the thing, for the first like, time in a while I'm probably not alone in
2: this but I don't I don't watch it I don't DVR mm-hmm. it I'll just wait to see what's on uh, you know, yeah. the highlights of the next day yeah. and I watched the news I watched the cold open I watched the Melissa McCarthy thing mm-hmm. I watched the Totino's thing and I watched the uh, F, you know the FAA Airlines thing and I was yeah, like yeah. I just watched about the 35 minutes yeah exactly yeah. with Basically. ads out and musical guests like I probably watched about over half the show yeah. and if over half the show was relevant and I watched it and I was entertained by it like I was that's that's something yeah, that's yeah, saying definitely. something I
3: think it's also worth mentioning too and it kind of goes back about a, a minute or so here um, about SNL's move into digital and okay. the digital shorts and yeah. how that was such like yeah. a, a necessary thing they needed to um, the political commentary for SNL though, nine times out of ten they always keep that to the live sketches which yeah. I think is important you know very, very seldom or at least they're really strategic whenever they decide to make one of those politically charged skits something mm-hmm. that you can watch over and over again and on a digital short. Roll it out that way. Um, So yeah, just and it kind of echoes your point that there was this this fire to the show. This organic... Who knows what's going to happen? It is live. It is sketch comedy. It is it, hit or miss. Yeah, it
1: felt like that for the first time in a long time. It was very, like, the live thing. And unfortunately, it was Kristen Stewart, because I think she worked better in the pre-recorded bits. The two bits were Totino's and the, uh, what was the other bit she did? She, oh, the, uh, the Meat Cube bit with Pete Davidson. So, like, those felt like more her. But, uh, yeah, for the first time in a long time, the show felt live. It was actually really cool. So, I'm curious to see what they do this weekend. And then... The final thing that came out of SNL this weekend uh, is the the thoughts of NBC turning Weekend Update into a weekly show, into a a once-a-week, half-hour show, like on Thursday nights.
3: Finally, all my incessant letter-writing and protesting, (laughs) they're listening. Thank you, NBC. It took you long enough. All right. I'm a fan.
4: Yeah, clearly. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean,
1: SNL. I mean, SNL has done the specials. Like they'll do like the Thanksgiving special, and they'll show like an hour of all their favorite Thanksgiving sketches, Christmas, and Easter, yep. and Valentine's Day. But this is actually be a new half hour. They did an hour previously for the election, but this will be like literally like almost like a Samantha Bee or John Oliver type of show every Wednesday, every Thursday night. Yeah, I kinda, I, go ahead.
3: I think like just for comedy, you know, it's it's kind of creating content that's mimicking exactly or kind of responding to whatever the consumer wants and needs. So even if it doesn't become this permanent fixture in SNL history, that's totally okay. Mm. At least for the next handful of years or however long, like there's a demand for it. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: I think they have enough problems filling up like a consistently funny 10 minutes uh, on, on the show personally. Really? Okay. Uh, I don't know. I think there's enough better places to get, uh, you know, a weekly Burst of whatever, be it John Oliver or Samantha B. I think that they're really covering a daily show. Yeah. Um, I think there's enough out there and you do? Okay. if they maybe if, if they made it monthly, I think it'd be great. Okay. I I, I could oversaturate. I could see them repeating stuff. Yeah, and
3: it it comes... always kinda of felt like an a la carte owned variety comedy show to me though. It did. It felt like something that kind of always uh, had its own breed, I guess. Yeah, I
1: mean, uh, well, Update usually has its own writers, so like, you know, there's the main writers and there's people that kind of just focus on Update. I also think that if they were to do it, the question is like, do you take the anchors from the Saturday show and put them on Thursday as well and have the same people writing for it? So, I mean, like, Lorne Michaels has enough clout at NBC. I mean, should he practically owns NBC between producing SNL, producing a variety show of some sort in the summer mm-hmm. and then producing Seth Meyers and the, and the Tonight Show. a nice
3: little SNL empire. Yeah. He, he's got
1: a, him and Broadway video and then he also has the web version with Above Average and all that stuff. So I mean like he definitely has an empire and clout to do whatever the hell he wants to do and NBC, he has long enough of a track record with NBC that he'll they'll let him do whatever he wants but I also think that he'll do it smartly if he does it at all so it's just interesting. that it, I, I personally think it's a good thing for NBC because if you think about it, Seth Meyers is doing really well with... His like political a closer look type of stuff. Um, Jimmy Fallon doesn't touch that shit as nope. far as politics. In he touches fact, uh, Trump's hair. <laughs> but in fact, but in fact, also back on the ratings tip, since the inauguration of Trump. Colbert has flipped and has actually taken over Fallon as the top late-night guy. Really? Because Colbert has taken it straight to Trump with all that kind of stuff. So this might be their answer to that, of like, hey, we can keep Fallon as it is. as this little like cottage variety show, which I think does very well, and there's an audience for that. But it's like, okay, well, how do we attack politics in a humorous way? Because there's no one doing that on NBC other than SNL's uh, Weekend Update, and I think it's a good thing. I guess there's that, and it is
2: good for comedy. I mean, what's NBC really have? I mean, they have that...
1: Okay. Well, NBC's new comedy Powerless is pretty good. I mean like yeah, they used to have must-see, they have used to have musty th- TV on Thursday. Yeah, nights. now it's like yeah. might-see TV. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, like, NBC, I mean, like, the track record of NBC for Thursday Night Sitcoms for oh, years yeah. in the 80s and 90s. I mean, yeah. like, from the Cosby Show to Friends all the way up to, like, Frasier and all that stuff. Well, that was all NBC. If you were going to watch any handful of primetime comedies, it was always going to be
3: NBC Thursday Night. That's yeah, what you sure. know.
1: So maybe that's their attempt to get back into that game. I mean, like, they, they abandoned it one whole year. Like, I think two seasons ago or last season. Literally, it was just all hour dramas. They weren't doing any more comedy in that time slot. I think it's cool that they're actually kind of turning back towards comedy. So I think it's cool. All right, you changed my mind.
2: <laughs> I'll be there for
3: it that was a
1: friends reference guys
2: no
3: more flip-flopping but i
1: think i mean john oliver returns this week and you have john oliver and he's been trying to not make it all about trump his show and i like it when john takes on some a longer form topic so i think john oliver is doing his own thing trevor noah is really coming into his own and samantha b is doing great too they're putting her on now middle of the week instead of the, the beginning of the week so i think it kind of makes sense to kind of for snl to do it before uh cbs has its version or there's the abc version of it too that's true
2: and uh John Euler said he was gonna stay away from Trump, but I don't know if he's gonna be able to. Like he <sighs> spent so thing, much yeah. time on it and does such a great job skewering him.
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's definitely gonna be tough. I mean, but at the same time it's like he only has so many hours of the week, you know, versus It's a half hour. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. He's got one half hour during the week. Trevor Noah's got what, two full hours because he's Monday through Thursday, he's a half hour a piece, so he's got two hours to talk about some other shit too. There's
3: so. also a lot of different ways, especially from a comedic perspective, that you can attack Trump or yeah. cover Trump Politics as well, too. Or
1: anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much so. So, okay, so sticking on the late night spot, we're going to jump over to TBS. Conan. Do you guys hear about Conan's story? What's Scandalous. It's like an old lawsuit, right? Basically what happened was in 2015, actually... It would, the jokes are about Tom Brady jokes Ironically from the, from the last Super Bowl So not the most The one he just won His fifth It was from his fourth Victory as a Super Bowl Yep uh, So that was like, Two years ago Yep Basically there's a guy Who runs a blog And there's a lot of guys Out there so they, they basically write Late night monologues They put up on their blogs I, I know plenty of Examples of blogs That do this uh, People just kind of like Oh let me see If I can write some jokes Letterman when he, he was On the air Used to have people Submit jokes And like if they Make it to the air He'll tell it And you'll get Like a little bit Of compensation There's plenty of people uh, That write that kind of stuff. Um, but he writes a blog and he basically wrote a couple of these Tom Brady stories, about five of them in, in total, and and he's accusing Conan of stealing taking him. him, taking him for his monologue a couple years back. Um, and he basically pressed a lawsuit again. And, and Conan being the comedy titan that Conan is, Conan's like con- – uh, like, like, uh, accusing a comedian of stealing a joke is, is like
3: the worst thing
1: next to murder. It's the worst thing you can accuse a comedian of doing. So yeah. he's like fighting it back. He's like, I want none. I don't want anyone thinking that we steal. Jokes.
3: I mean, from my state, it's, it's, it's the internet. It's free information. It's so many things that are circulating and no idea yeah. is really original. Um, I mean maybe you guys are more briefed on it than I am but is there any direct track that that's, this, that's well that's what that's the, basis, that's the basis.
1: that's the basic of Conan's argument he is he basically kind of filed a countersuit saying just because it was posted online doesn't mean that someone that someone from his camp found it right. posting it online isn't your claim of a copyright of an idea right so he's like that and the idea is basically like when you have jokes you can obviously copyright jokes or jokes are become yours but like the premise that tom brady is a super bowl victor it's a is little
4: it, common well
1: the punchline is usually what what makes it unique the premise and the setup can be anything it's like airline food how many fucking comedians have jokes about airline food that's the premise not the punchline and all of them are hysterical too. Oh, I guess they are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but so yeah. So Conan, Conan basically fired back with like him, his writers, his production company. They basically all like filed this thing saying like, no, this isn't how it works. And in the law in the countersuit, he basically breaks down how they write the monologue, which is kind of interesting to see the creative process. Yeah. It, but it basically says this is why we have the monologue created like this, so it does it prevents joke thievery or it also doesn't encourage writers to to, to steal jokes. Basically, it says in the morning everyone kind of sits down for an hour an hour and a half and writes like general ideas they kind of hone them for grammar send them in uh there's they get some notes from conan and his immediate team they send them back they punch them a little bit and they go back and there's a couple back and forths in this process by like three or four o'clock is when they start like actually shape the monologue yeah and it's all done anonymously which is interesting and i think anonymously is what helps the reason it's done anonymously is so no one is sits there think, oh my god, I only had one joke up that made it through a monologue last yeah, week. Yeah, it's not I, my really about credit. Yeah. Well, it's also it also helps alleviate that need for a comedian. To be like I gotta find i I'll write it to say I gotta find a joke. I gotta find a joke. Yeah. And just kind of write creatively and think. So, um, Conan's like, I'm not basing that on your merit, and that's Conan's way of saying there's no reason to steal because no one knows who wrote this joke anyway it's just this pool of joke writers so and
3: it kind of seems like everybody takes a stab at editing it or refining it and they kind of pass it back and forth yeah, yeah.
1: I think the key to that victory for him will be that anonymousness of, of the of the jokes is the fact that like you know it's it's like there's no need to steal because it, your job's not at stake or
3: basically. even being as candid as he is about his entire joke writing process on yeah. his show too I mean that's something that as as a comedian too you kind of hold that close to your vest yeah no matter absolutely. what kind of comedy you do you know I have my own kind of warm ups. I have my own way that I generate mm-hmm. ideas. That I craft a joke. Or I write a sketch. So him being that willing on the platform that he is and the status that he is to say like, he, not only this is why I didn't plagiarize. Let me yeah. like let you into like the makings of my entire program.
1: Interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> I mean, because because sure. all comedians. They, their process is different. I know some comics never write shit down. Some guys have flashcards. Some guys have books. Some guys have recorders and v- voice recording. Some half
3: improvised. Half some scripted. sit down
1: and like I need to write for the next hour or two. Some like I write on stage. You know, it just kind of happens. The suit has not been settled yet, right? No, basically it's in the hands of the judge right now, and the, and they basically count. They, they, they didn't counter Sue, but they basically are taking a preemptive strike for the lawsuit, saying this guy is full of shit. They're also saying this guy S said. I'm cool and I won't sue you if you offer me a job and they said no. That's a bullshit. So that's that. where it's yeah, that's where it's like all right. Well, they didn't want to hire your ass, so now you're actually going through the lawsuit.
2: It
3: sounds like he told them he was suing them through LinkedIn.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think
2: it, I think the lawsuit's going to leave him very deflated.
4: What? <sighs> deflated?
2: <Kate.
3: Womp>,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a joke because <laughs> the Patriots and the, uh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. We got
3: it to
1: Bring it to a.
2: I'm call.
3: doing double duty here on the soundboard, too. I know, too. Oh, I, man. know.
1: Jeez, I know, oh, I, know I know, I know. So uh, I don't know how to recover from that. So good work on that. So <laughs> That's uh, why we're here. <laughs> Good work on that. So, yeah, uh, a few things are happening that are just kind of like really interesting. Like, I mean, the Super Bowl, you guys got any thoughts on like funny funny commercials this year or anything like that? I thought they were duds. I yeah. Thought they were, I thought they it were It was amazing how unfunny they were. You know what's funny with the Super Bowl? And like, the, the, someone said this a long time ago, and I, I don't know who to give credit to. It definitely was not me that came up with it. It was say, me. Like, it was probably okay, me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. brave. Mm-hmm. Pretty Thank brave, everyone. It was basically <laughs> saying, like, usually, like, you know, oh, the game's really good and the commercials are terrible or the game's terrible and the commercials are really good. Yeah,
3: like yin and yang a little bit, yeah. I mean,
1: like, it definitely was like, uh, it definitely was like America and we're diverse people. It was like... And hey, here's a ghost dog.
2: (laughs) 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 Is that the best we can do? (laughs) Poor <laughs> Spuds McKenzie. <laughs> we are
1: really doomed. The,
4: the ghost of
2: Spuds
1: McKenzie, for fuck's sake. Uh, yeah, there were some good ones in there, but there, a lot of the whole message was about it. it seemed very about inclusion and all that kind of stuff. And um, unfortunately, you know, usually messages of po- uh, positivity and patriotism don't really kind of relate for humor, I guess. So I thought some of the stuff was funny. The ghost dog, I was more like, oh, cool, that's Spuds McKenzie. And that, that was, like, my, my response to that. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, this is hilarious. It was just, oh, Spongebob Genzie, they're bringing him back.
3: Well, I think to, like, tie it kind of back, which is why SNL is doing as incredibly <laughs> stupid well as it is, I think people are still <laughs> looking for comic relief. Oh, and, I mean, the message of inclusion and taking the excuse to spread that around, absolutely, it's totally yeah. necessary. But... Uh, Super Bowl commercials. I want something silly. Yeah, you kind of you know? want
1: it to be dumb and silly, but uh, you know, I mean, I mean, and there, was, uh, there was a lot of com- like it seemed like the the commercials that went for the joke were like about like those like mobile video games like Tank Strike and all this. Yeah, stuff, where you're just like, what? I, maybe I just don't because I don't play those games. I have no idea how to how to rate them or, rack, or like you know rat form them in my head. But it's just like. I don't care.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess we can technically consider like the first thirty seconds of Lady Gaga's performance to be one of the Super Bowl commercials as well, too. Sure. <laughs> I do in my head. Well, before
1: up I... until when she jumped, and then it became live.
3: Right, and the shades yeah. of the sky were vastly different in darkness.
1: Uh, well, yeah. well, apparently the, the reason they did that was because of weather. Obviously, yeah, it, you can never predict it. But the other thing was also because of the drones. Yeah, the whole backdrop was done with drones. Two dudes in a laptop. That's what who ran that whole like backdrop, like fifty some drones or something like that. Run all power by like it's like an Intel drone squad at the dish shit oh my god but apparently because of the no fly zone they have at the, over the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl they couldn't put these drones in the air and do it live
2: so
3: those they, guys it. are like date so magnets the right yeah.
1: now <laughs> no fly do, zone I do saw do Lady
2: that. Gaga fly through the air yeah
3: oh, was she clear
2: <laughs> all right I'm getting the
1: fuck off of that
3: um <laughs> what I took it there. Yeah. I took it there and I happily so, took it there. Before
1: we kick it before we kick this to the Harrison interview, uh, a couple things too. The comedy tent of Bon Rose announced this year this, this year, another stellar lineup, Hannibal Burris at, at
3: Improvise Shakespeare Company.
1: Yeah. Are you are you familiar with them?
3: Yes, and I'm okay. a massive fan.
1: Okay, cool. So you're psyched about
3: this. Yes, I am. I'm kinda cool to see them in like a festival setting well I haven't seen them in a festival setting personally I haven't but yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never
2: I've never been to a comedy uh, stage at a gigantic music Same. festival the bomber I mean, tent
1: does it right and the reason they do it right is because first of all it's fucking hot as shit down there you're in Murfreesboro Tennessee it's probably I feel like every year it's like 95 plus temperature wise and they have a giant tent it's air conditioned it's somewhat soundproof because you need to kind of be relatively quiet sure so it's a good place to kind of go in there sit down catch some cool seek air refuge and, a little bit seek refuge a little bit from the yeah. whole thing so so, like, over the years past, I mean, they've had everyone from, like, you know, Judah Friedlander, Ari Shafir, Jay Ogerson, all those types of guys, Soder, uh, Mark Norman, all those guys have done it. And then and then this year they have, uh, like, who else is there? Like, Two Dope Queens is doing it, which is Phoebe Robinson and Jessica Williams. Yep. So, like, that's, that's Sam Morrell.
4: Yeah, Sam Morrell's
1: down there, yep. too. Uh, Mike Lawrence is doing it this year. So, really good lineup on the comedy tent. We have the full lineup on the laughbun.com. And Bridgetown also announced its... Uh, 10 year anniversary I can't mm. believe Bridgetown's been in for 10 years And they're uh, they're doing a pre-show show With Patton Oswald, Who was one of the original guys That did Bridgetown So it's nice. kind of cool to see. What that,
3: do we so. get them for that? A birdhouse? Is that what you give a 10 year What is a 10
1: year anniversary? First year is paper Because I just had my first year anniversary yeah. 10 years
3: Is it 10 years like Second year is paper cuts <laughs> <laughs> <Evidently. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. laughs> I will not be invited back
1: <laughs> Tin?
3: Going out with a bang
1: Tin Aluminum? <laughs> I don't know I don't know. Okay so, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut to the, to the Harrison Greenbob interview, and then we're going to come back we're going to wrap this fucker up. How about that? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so it is Sounds our, good. Here it is, our interview with Harrison Greenbop.
3: Yeah. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air?
5: For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning.
6: All right, Matt, we're back. Another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast. We're here. Here we are. We're live, and uh, we're still alive, and and we're still alive. All right, it's happening. It's all happening. You
1: have the shittiest intros. I can't stand
6: them. I'm trying to make them worse every single time. I know. You do it deliberately to fuck with me. It helps. It just helps make us look better. I guess. In photos. <laughs> all right. So Harrison Greenbaum is our guest. He's yes. joining us, and Harrison is somebody who... Uh, I go way back with. He doesn't have with, shit intros. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> but I go really, I go, I go pretty far back with this guy. I don't know if he even remembers this, but I met him. As an usher at the Alternative Comedy Festival up in Boston in 2006?
0: Something around there, yeah. Maybe. Brian Joyce was running that thing, yeah. right? Yeah,
6: so this is uh, 10 years ago now. Yeah. And, and I ran into this guy. He's like, oh, hey, you're a flyer. flyer. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. And we ended up talking for a little bit. And I was like, you know, what's your deal? Because you were like, by far the happiest person there. <laughs> and you were so excited to be a part of it all. And I was like, this guy's awesome. Like, this is the kind of guy I want to be friends with. Somebody's super happy. And uh, and you were just telling me, like, man, it's comedy, it's my thing. I, really, I want to be in it. Like, you're just, I, if, if I'm not doing it, I said, I want to be helping someone who is. And you were so, like, just clear. You had a clear. Path to what you were going to be doing for the rest of your life, and I got that like instantly. And then we rode in a. I think we, we took a. Uh, well, there was no Uber back then, but I think we got in a cab together. To, at least I got back to my hotel that way, and you were definitely in the back seat. Yeah, I don't know if you remember a real this. cab. I don't know if you remember any of this. I remember that I don't festival. forget this stuff. I don't know. I, don't I mean,
0: my that. clearest memory, early memory of us
6: was. Now this sounds like a, a relationship. It's <laughs> no, uh, totally
0: fine. Uh, okay. no, so it was well. uh, the Annie Kaufman Awards because you were doing oh, the interviews, yeah. and I, yes. I was a finalist. Mm-hmm. Or I'd been a finalist the year before, and I was it was before I competed, and that year I ended up winning. So it was like right before. So I was like a nervous but excited mess.
6: That's true. I remember that yeah, interview that was very and well. Yeah, sure. And, uh, and then since then, he he actually had me on a, a comedy show, uh, and it was my last set ever. Oh, really? Yeah. The last time I ever was on stage doing comedy, was, was it called Bar 82 or yeah. something? Yeah. And it was Harrison hosted. <laughs> And Al Jackson was there that night. Sam Morril, absolutely. Myself. It wasn't
0: gonna be his last set, but then I stood up and said, "Stop it forever!" <laughs> End this. Do something else. <laughs> please, there were two, two lights in the back of the room. One was for yeah. his set, and one was
6: for his career. <laughs> yeah. And he had to, strobing. Well, so there's a funny there's a funny st- backstory to that to that set because earlier that day I had Bobby Collins up on my show, right? And uh, and and then that comedy show was that night. I think it was a Tuesday night. Uh, went out, performed, blah, blah, blah. When I got off stage, first person to come up to me was Bobby Collins and said, hey, man. <laughs> hey, you know, good effort up there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Comedy. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was like, oh, good effort. I just hugged my head. Then I, then I was like, wait, Bobby, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, I don't know. I just go out and see comedy sometimes. And <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and it was one of those weird, you know, serendipitous moments of just... Yeah,
0: Barty 2 was so fun. I did it with Sam Morrell. Mm-hmm. We did it for five years. It was like one of the longest running independent shows for a while. Sure. And we had a blast with it. And then there, it, we reached a point where both of us were getting booked so much that we were losing stage time by producing a show. And that's right. when you go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just start doing spots.
6: So is that the goal with it? Because a lot of comedians seem to do that, especially when they're on their way up in the career. You know, they try to find a room or grab a room. You know, like a bar 82 or something that's yeah. not necessarily a traditional comedy. Well, it was originally comedy. the Sage
0: Theater, which is 7 7th Avenue, mm-hmm. which is now LOL. Right. So it's oh, like okay. come full circle. I remember that. I remember that. That is now comedy again. But like we were one of the first people to do stand up when it was still this just like little theater, just huh. hidden.
6: That's crazy, man. Yeah. So but it's always good to
0: produce a show. So, yeah, yeah, totally.
6: So fill us in between that alternative comedy <laughs> fest. <laughs> Up to bar eighty-two in that moment in time, like everything that's that's happened with you, because the coffin award obviously is something that did take place, right?
1: Yeah, that <laughs> so. was pretty cool. What? It's a very long period of time you're giving him. Tell us about well, your entire life for the last for this ten year ten year period.
6: No, because we know what's going on now. Yeah, I know. But there's a lot of holes that need to be filled, and that's why I'm asking. Him. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: you didn't ask me how I knew him.
6: Do you? How, how do you
1: know me? You did a laugh button live for us at Gotham Comedy Club, and yes. you said you liked my shoes. End of end go. of introduction. Not these ones. You probably great. had great shoes. I did. I did. And I was like, oh, Harrison well, likes I, my shoes. I told my I wife because so. she had bought me the shoes, and nice. she was really excited.
6: Nice. That's my story. I love this. Just go. turned into the hey, Harrison. Remember I
0: if I was what? I was. The I, how do you know Harrison? Yeah, story. I think Harrison. I was probably working at Hot ninety seven because I I, I I was a story producer okay. for their the reality show. Yeah, which means I helped them write. And <laughs> story uh, producer. I'm yeah. a comedy writer, and uh, <laughs> so. Uh, we would go into the office every day at hot 97. Most mm-hmm. security I've ever had to go through for a job. <laughs> uh, cause like rappers would literally get yeah, shot. People have been shot. People there. have not shot. At hot yeah, 97. Yeah, yeah. Have you
6: witnessed a shooting? Did you, I've a never witnessed
0: then? it. The closest I came to a shooting now I'm digressing, but I ah, was a block away, like very close to being shot. Cause I was doing, I just done the, like I just graduated Harvard. Mm-hmm. That was right after the, the, the all Fest, fest. Yeah. And I was taking any stage time I could get. And I had my grandma's white Volvo from the, it was a 91 Volvo. And I would drive it. From my parents' house in Long Island to anywhere that had stage time, mm-hmm. so I drove it to Coney Island in the middle of the week, which <laughs> I'd it can be a little bit dicey. Yeah, in the summer it's fine, but like on a random weekday in the winter, very dicey. Uh, so <laughs> the just, Warriors no, is man. real. <laughs> so yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, so I drove it to some random bar and it was exposed in the back. So you were performing, but like it was one of those garage door things where they okay. could open it. Oh, okay. So your back is to the street, but somebody could literally just like poke you in the back if yeah. they wanted because there's nothing behind you but just air and the sidewalk. Okay. Which is weird because people are seeing the back of your head and hearing you talk about stuff as they're walking by. So people will stop and like look in <laughs> and you can't tell. So like people are like distracted. because yeah, The audience is doing this weird. So stuff, we hear yeah. like a weird sound. Then we hear sirens and we're like, what's going on? And then I found out later that somebody had just been murdered. <laughs> like somebody was just shot a block away from me and my back was just like to an open <laughs> To the open air. I was very close to murder. <laughs> very, very close to murder. It wasn't even like there was a glass window protecting me from murder. It was, yeah. I was very near to it. There was, there to was it. nothing
1: to like deflect or ricochet the murder. There was no shield. It was just direct murder. In I fact, was directly
6: a, attached to murder. You felt the breeze of the murder. Like I, the breeze absolutely. coming off the murder. And I, like I remember
0: making fun you. of all the sirens because you kept hearing police and stuff. So I was oh, making fun of it like, no. oh, I guess I'm in a dangerous neighborhood. Ha ha mm-hmm. ha. They were driving to the murder. <laughs> That was right there. That's and then a homeless tri- guy got into a fight with me because there was a garbage can right outside the window. <laughs> and we just basically had a street fight <laughs> because I'm on a stage, but there's no barrier. And he was like going through the garbage and just like yelling shit at me during my it was a cra- that was that's great. that was a crazy oh, time. I a, feel like every comedian has a great gig. Good
6: stories. What a good. Those good, are my good. favorite. Yeah. yeah there's yeah, the one yeah, you remember
0: so. more than just like, you know, gig, uh, gig X at Club X. That's like When you start dating somebody I feel like they have In their head Like oh you're gonna do These like big theaters yeah. These gigantic right. You know like I've met a couple of Girlfriends where like The first show they saw me Is at the cellar yeah. And they see me like Follow a Chris Rock And they're like Whoa comedy's amazing yeah, right. And then I'm right. like No we gotta go to Coney Island and
6: <laughs> Get knives Just thrown In next, heads yeah, Stand next to
0: murder The whole time <laughs> yeah, That's way more
1: common it's not, the, it's not the sexy part Like we have a fun job And everyone's yeah, like Oh like, yeah. uh, I'm not a comedian But we like do Entertainment stuff And everyone's like Oh you know You have a really great job it's like yeah, but like you know, you got like eight hours of work before you get to go hang out in, like a bar. Then like you, by the time you're at the bar, you just want to go. To yeah, you actually out. just
6: want to go to bed. Yeah, come yeah.
1: Friday, all your friends want to go out, and you're just like, no, I've been out every night
0: this week. Like, that was um, one of the most like my, like eye opening things was, and this can I can connect back to the alt fest. Okay, so we cool. Can get there. Oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> so alt fest, uh, I had founded the Harvard College Stand Up Comic Society, which is Harvard College sucks. That was the acronym. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dean's office had no idea. We never wrote out the acronym. We just like wrote the full uh, name out every time. So, so, so by the time they approved us and gave us the stamp, we got an email like a while later being like, oh, now we get it. <laughs> <laughs> we're not happy about this, but we can't do anything about it. But you it.
6: still have that paper? You still have I that? still have
0: that email. Yes. And then five years later at my first reunion, the five-year reunion, a dean was just like, by the way, I couldn't tell you while you were a student, but like... A lot of us love that. Like it was (laughs) the best thing that we've ever had. Stuck by us. Like the balls to try to do that. We loved it. And that group is still, it's celebrating its 10th anniversary. Wow. That's great. Very Uh, cool. Like this month is the 10th anniversary of the club. And actually I'm going to Boston tomorrow and meeting up with the current presidents uh, to try to plan something out. And just like, every time I go back to Boston, I try to like make myself available. Sure. ruin the next generation it's <laughs> like every generation now there's like those kids who they went to harvard they did really
6: well and then mm-hmm. they like
0: meet up with me in a coffee shop and i'm like so here's how you lose it all <laughs> uh,
6: well but but what a cool thing you're able to go back there and and like you said a goal goal for yourself you're achieving it and then they get to see that and like that's got to be super inspirational too yeah. like like you're you're that guy. You know what I mean? You're I'm the trying the food so chain. hard
0: to be that guy. There's a lot of other like we have some really great alumni. Alumni? Yeah. Alumni. Yeah. That's always the plural. Yeah. Um Alexander Patrai was the president after me with Megan Amram. Both oh, wow. of them are yeah. super successful. Yeah, Megan. Totally. Megan's totally. writing right now for the good place. Uh-huh. And uh Books Alex, and, yeah, Twitter's And yeah, Alex right. has a great book, The Field Guide, I'll plug it. The Field Guide to Awkwardness. It's fantastic. <laughs> um but she's the like the she's the she's only writer under 30 and a female that's like a, a fully full columnist at a major newspaper. So she's killing it. Wow. And then Nielsen, and she has
6: the best Twitter yeah, yeah. Uh, profile remember, like, shot the, of her yeah, doing kind of, the, like, face the face. With with the... Oh, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> Megan. Yeah. 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 Megan's kill. I mean, and she killed it right out of the she game. She put out
1: a book about science or something she like did. that. She did. She
6: wrote
0: for Parks and Rec, the Oscars. And then we have Nelson Greaves who wrote Unfriended, which is like a popular horror movie. Yep. He's been killing it. Um, yeah, I keeps watched that movie. selling stuff and mm-hmm. then my co-president was Dave Ingber who's like working for SNL basically with above average for yeah, their yeah. like sports website wow. so there's like we're trying to build up a network it's not as quite as extensive as like the Lampoon yeah of course but
6: we for 10 years in I think, in, I think doing we're doing all right. okay yeah, I think yeah, you're great. most people I mean, just getting the degree you could stop there but, uh, but and, and speaking of which I don't, I don't know if this is cool to say but I'm staring at a wall here in the <laughs> yeah, place we're for recording it. this and Friars it's Club it's one of the, the most I amazing well I feel like I should explain some of yeah, the yeah amazing comedy well but but to start over on the left hand side like my left is the official Harvard University you know Diploma It looks almost too yeah. Good that it, it looks Like it could have Been ebayed but um, <laughs> Although my
0: mom When she, I, she came she Literally goes oh You should hang that In the bathroom which Was at, at partially funny But partially it, painful That's kind of a Thing <laughs> she's like all right If you're gonna be A comedian you might as Well hang it in the Bathroom yeah. Yeah.
1: but isn't That a thing though Like well I, I heard what, Like if you uh, if you're A musician and you Make a gold record or an, an executive you're Supposed to hang your First one in the Bathroom it's well, actually
0: like a Weird thing. Katie Couric Who I did I did Warm up for her for A season and okay. one of The things was they Did like a Make a house makeover episode. Yeah. So basically, the show paid to have somebody clean her house, yeah. which is awesome. Like, yeah. I would love that. But one of the things that they discovered when they went to her house was that one of her Emmys was just like on the toilet.
1: Yeah, you're supposed to do that apparently. So like- she
0: had. They moved it into like a nice case. But like, you would- could you imagine taking a shit and then there's just like an Emmy? That's the best. I think that's I, the ultimate expression. It, is it humbling? Is that what it is? Maybe. <laughs> it's. Ba- I think it's badass. It's a mic drop, really. Yeah, it yeah, totally, totally is. I've so many Emmys once in my bathroom. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so we have. Uh, so, so, yeah, so we the have Friars a Friars Club right in the middle. Yeah,
6: we have a. So we have nine squares here. Yeah. You know, we can. I guess we can get to this pretty quickly. But but yeah, you have a Friars Club right in the middle there with your name on it. Uh, great font, by the way. Uh, oh yeah. Name. Uh, but and and it's surrounded by all these wonderful uh mad magazine uh, posters and pictures cuz that's some place you worked which we'll talk about yeah. in a minute and uh the Academy of Magical Arts yes. Inc <laughs> this I, is a real thing the Magic Castle okay
0: so i'm the only magician currently who's a regular at the cellar which mm-hmm. is like i guess the we, since they're the top yeah, comedy yeah. venue in the country and then the Magic Castle which is the top magic venue oh that's great so i that's i'm very i'm I'm I was always dreamed of like just hanging out at the Magic Castle because as like a kid you're like the castle is the greatest yeah and then when I was 18 they let me go in even though I wasn't 21 I had to wear a big badge like a yellow badge oh, saying that it's yeah. under okay. 21 don't look at me don't do touch not give me, me don't yeah
1: a yellow badge a dream they've got listen to Stark they've got like a better
0: like <laughs> <Is that laughs> thank God it was a circle <laughs> okay <laughs> thank okay. God jeez <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it said Juden but I uh, <laughs> that's where I was going oh out. man <laughs> so then so like getting into the both the Friars and the Magic Magic Castle were cool, and then the clowns of America International. Yeah, I mean that's that's. I mean, I am officially Greeny the Clown, so that's very important, <laughs> dude. I've got Greeny a... the Clown, huh? That's what you go, by? When you sign up for clown, well. I, the, I'll do the, sh- the short version but like <laughs> I tour my one man show which is like a magic and yeah. comedy show mm-hmm. and it, you need to have insurance for a lot of these theaters like on your own you need right. to show that you're you're covered because like God forbid somebody comes on stage trips and then wants to sue you Yeah. and the most affordable way to get insurance for your one man magic and comedy <laughs> show is through the clowns of America International no shit, no shit. You, you join um, they vet you I guess and that is you amazing. give them your clown name so I just said I'm Greeny the Clown
1: I heard that like you need to, All clowns like the, the, the Almost like their face Is trademarked too About clowns Like the smile And like how you oh, that's the interesting The eyebrows and the paint no I heard like, that's a
0: trademark Thing as well So no
1: so, like, two green, clowns think, The same No yeah. two clowns are the same Apparently And that's Ooh. all like, it's all things by There's by different all.
0: styles Like by some by do you. white face Like you yeah. they do the white And yeah. then some people don't And that's mm-hmm. like a big Artistic decision Oh wow I get the newsletter So I'm, like, I'm starting <laughs> to learn A lot more Jesus <laughs> the, the calliope the, when There was a really sad article But it's like my favorite article I've ever read in a magazine It was this this month's... Co- uh, Calliope And it was all about Clown safety <laughs> Because Because of all the Creepy clowns the Clowns in the forest There's stuff, all these yeah. Like murder clowns In the forest <laughs> Oh my god So now clowns Are getting pulled over Constantly by the cops <laughs> So there's this whole Like four page article Like don't wear your makeup Bring a check From the gig Like sh- sh- you need to have yeah. Proof that you're A real clown And not a murder clown yeah,
6: And not in the Insane <laughs> so clown posse poor Or
0: clowns <laughs> oh Had god. to like Send out a news bulletin To all of the other clowns Like just uh. so you know FYI It's a very <laughs> Very dangerous time to be a clown. <laughs> oh
6: man! Oh, no, well, you think sad. about the
1: repercussions of the real clown community when you read these stories.
6: Did you, did we say two hours, Max? Because we're gonna need. <laughs> we gotta this, th- unpack this. This one. is part one of four. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is now a docu. I love series. the braille Playboy. Yes, yeah, so I got
0: that on eBay. Really? Yeah, it was hard to find. I found out about its existence that there was even a Playboy in braille. Okay. And then I was like, I have to have one of
1: those. Now I'm assuming that like there's, it's just all the articles because how do you braille
0: a naked woman? I was hoping there was just circles. I, was, I flipped through all the pages hoping there's one page which is circles and that's what I was going to ha- have it open to when I framed it. in representation and, and, of like boobs here. And, and the crazy thing is that's really really thick. I yeah, mean that's looks like a textbook as hell, yeah. thick and that's that's uh part 3 of 4 in order to get oh, wow. in order to write one magazine like oh, one wow. magazine worth in braille it's I mean I would say a foot tall. Wow, when it's, so it's a lot, and it's, it's a lot re- of
1: work, and it's recent too November two thousand fourteen, and it's his yeah. Library of
0: Congress. Yeah, is Library of Congress. Super official. I'm a little nervous that somebody stole. <laughs> This from
6: the Library of Congress.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, and there's some blind guy who's like, "What happened?" <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I have one, two, and four. What happened in three? I'm sorry, I, I'm I read the
6: third act. I read it wrong. It says uh, Library of Progress. It doesn't say Congress. So just uh, <laughs> that's so crazy. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah that's, this is
1: really. There's a lot of really great
6: things it, to look. Yeah, at so before. you you are clearly ingrained in comedy, and, and I will say, like, after thousands of interviews, walking into your place feels like. I'm in a not a museum of comedy, but just someone that's clearly driven by and passionate about all aspects of it too, not just stand-up, you know. Yeah. But, but you know, your magic show and and this, the magic stuff you do do has a huge comedy element too, which I've seen before. Fun, and, stacks, a uh, like magic poster over there. Yeah, it's. Oh, uh, I got
0: that when I was at Magic Camp. So I've been a counselor, I'm a camper, and now a counselor at Magic Camp. And when I decided to be a comedian, that I was like, I'm going to be a comedian. I just graduated college. Okay. And everyone's like, Oh no, I don't know if he's that funny. And then between graduating and then the year after, I did 700 plus shows. Okay. Because I was finally living in New York. Mm. So, 700 shows later, I showed up at camp. I was like, here's the act that I've been working (laughs) on, and got a standing ovation crushed. And they were like, There was like this collective sigh From all these people Who have known me Since I was 12 Like oh right. god At least he's not Throwing away his life He's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. He yeah. might be good at this That's great And then when I woke up That poster was basically Like outside my door Oh it's great So the kids had made it So it's not me saying I'm the funniest act right, It was right. like right. a nice gesture From the kids well, I mean, So like, I, I yeah. have it There is like a, yeah, a nice pen and, Positive memory Is it Penn and Teller The Amazing Jonathan I see up there There's Penn and Teller Yeah Amazing Jonathan's up there Carl Ballantin's dead now yeah. Well, um,
1: Jonathan's not doing too well from what I understand either, so.
0: He's still kicking though.
1: Yeah, he had some he had some really like, he had a kick. heart thing and the doctors like thing. you have
0: like 2 years or something yeah. or 3 years, but that that was 2 years ago. like Oh really? Okay. Oh wow. He's in stoppage time. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, nice. Good
6: soccer reference there.
0: Yeah. Well, cuz oh. I know that he was like touring a, a little
1: bit here and there and I, uh, I he was I always found him hilarious.
0: He's performing a bunch now. His new act, he like is like, "Oh yeah, he tells everybody about this whole heart thing." Mm-hmm. And evidently at magic live, which is like a big magic convention, mm-hmm. as he's performing, a guy dressed up as death, like the Grim Reaper, would like try to sneak Uh-oh. in behind him and every time he caught him, he would go over to garbage pail, take a baby out of the garbage, <laughs> stick a straw in it, and then go oh, And then the death would have to, the death would run away. I, that and he's is like, so "Oh man." Funny.
1: That is like such an amazing Jonathan type of like bit That's so funny Ah uh, yeah good times Well, We also have like Carlin We have Pryor we have Yeah Pryor.
6: you have all the albums in the, Oh yeah There is one empty frame Do we yeah, do we know what we're for, putting like, in here? Album? It was Cosby Are you on the hunt? Oh
0: okay <laughs> Oh it was right. Cosby There was a Cosby up there And I did not feel comfortable <laughs> Especially when people come over They're gonna be like Oh he's on your hero wall?
6: <laughs> yeah Oh jeez Alright that, yeah That's
0: what we're calling this This is the hero wall? Well these are Yeah and well Cosby actually was where Joan Rivers is okay. I know I always Needed a Joan, yeah, and then uh, that blank space. I just I never had enough, I always had seven, okay. And then when I got Joan, I replaced he, she replaced Bill, thankfully. Gotcha. And then people always thought that I was leaving that open for myself as if yeah. it was like a, cut, a continuation, yeah, yeah. And I like the metaphor. I don't think I don't, I, I no way belong in this class yet, but uh, it's a, I, the metaphor is kind of nice, it's a nice metaphor, it's a nice
6: absolutely. Metaphor. Alright, uh, so Harrison uh, There's a lot to, oh my god We can go down so many paths I, man, I have
0: questions,
1: I have Did questions go, But I have a feeling if I ask you this question I'll take up the rest of the
6: podcast uh, just, Go ahead, ask it man
0: I heard you're a fan of Escape the Rooms <gasps> Yes I need to know how I've th- done like 60 of them Yeah,
1: I've heard god. I've heard like you
0: have a whole team Yeah, he's, I do have a team uh, the He's super pr- adventure club He's practiced super this adventure question club. in the mirror yeah. for No, the last I'm just, month. I've, I've heard this, this <laughs> Have you never done it? I've never done it I've always wanted to do I'm it I'm like a drug dealer but with Escape Rooms I like well, corner comedians, would be like, "Have you not done this?" I'm like, "Here's a list of the best ones."
6: That's so. Amazing. So I have heard
0: you've done it, so like, I've I've always wondered like what's about sixty times. Yeah. I know
1: I've heard, but I've heard like there's terrible ones and there's great ones, and I've heard uh, I've heard there's teams
0: and like competitions. I mean, it's like, like drugs. I feel like there yeah. are bad drugs and good drugs, but they're still drugs. <laughs> okay. You still it still does something to you.
6: There's okay. still a stirring. So what do you do? You just tell people you have a cold. You got to go pick up some medicine, and then no, next thing you like know, you you're in an escape the room. She
0: started out as just like, "Hey, let's go to one escape room," and yeah. then my team, but we like we'll do four in a day jeez. and we're like and we're very good at it because okay. we've done so many so normally you have an hour yeah so we'll like call up a company they'll, they'll build four rooms and they'll be like we're gonna do all of your rooms we'll just book up each yeah, room yeah. in a row so it's presumably that would take like four hours yeah, to yeah, five right. hours and some of the companies are really cool about like they'll have the room set up basically as soon as we get out of one we can go into the next one. Oh, cool but we'll like take their 60 minute room and do it in like 30 minutes oh no and then like run to the
6: next room <laughs> and they're not ready yeah they're, and they're just like this thing
0: that they but they like they, it's very rare they get to see a team that like gets what they're trying to yeah, yeah, do yeah. And, and appreciates it and like yeah, we're the ad for an escape room at this point. I was going to say- We is did it... a room where they took a group picture of us, and it's the Groupon picture for that room. Oh, no way. Is our team. <laughs> what?
1: So what's the team called? Super Adventure? We're the
0: Super Adventure Club, a.k.a. the Date Ruiners. Because <laughs> there was a long period where- Because we're five. Okay. And sometimes a room will be like, we, we'll, we'll sell 12 tickets. Yeah. And now we do it during the day, like during the week. It's very yeah. rare that somebody else is with us, but at okay. the very beginning, we would have like a date with us. Okay, okay. And we they- They've never done an escape room, and we're like veterans. So they would just kind of get a date where they get to watch a veteran escape team escape. <laughs> like by the time they figure out what's going on, we're like seven puzzles ahead. We're like taking things out of their head. Like oh, I know what to do with that. I'm like, but what? So, <laughs> so we kind of ruined some dates. That's, that's incredible. So it's just like a. So so who's on this team? Is it like it's me, uh, two magicians. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, one's a mentalist. One's more classically magic. Okay. Uh, a, a detective. Well, not a detective. He's a, he's a cop, but I want to say he's a detective. <laughs> uh, Doesn't make this okay. But he's a New York police officer, okay. NYPD. Okay. And Holy then uh, bartender, musical theater, his uh, fiance. That's incredible. So and how did this team come to be? Just like, And it's great having one at cop, it. This is the, one the and, real Avengers we just described it. here. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing is, so that's our East Coast team. Oh, jeez. And then I met, I have a buddy from Magic Camp who has a West Coast team. Okay. They're called the Getaway Guys. <laughs> Okay. But we refer to them as like Super Adventure Club West and Wait, so, Getaway Guys East. So you call up it's a really place.
6: You, you call up a place and you drop your name and they're just like, oh yeah, right this way. So you're like, is it to that point? They, we
0: kind of know some of the designers. Like when we show up, they're like, oh hey guys. <laughs> oh really? So they know, or they'll make us do like a breakdown. So we've done more rooms sometimes than the designers themselves. Okay. So they'll be like, how does it compare to other rooms? What oh, would right. you change? Yeah, yeah. So we've helped some of these rooms like come up with ideas oh, to improve their room. You're like Creative the Consulting,
6: you're like the hacker like that gets hired by the government so they exactly. can work in security That's exactly
0: what we is. did like when i was just in la literally like three days ago and mm. we i did two rooms during the day <laughs> and <laughs> then the night before there was a puzzle hunt at the magic castle which was amazing it was like this guy david Quang, who's another harvard guy mm-hmm. who was also in the harvard magic society <laughs> Nice, which I, to, like, I brought back to life <laughs> uh and now i think is dead again but yeah, I that's I needed a hobby I felt like I had spent literally all waking hours doing comedy and or mm-hmm. magic that I needed at least something that was not directly related mm-hmm. and so that's just kind one of day
1: you're like oh let's go do this
0: and I just did it on a whim like I want to keep doing it it's a high it's a really Wait, like, how, how is high.
6: there no documentary about this yet I'm sure there, there should be, be. Why, why isn't the somebody following is, you guys around if you I mean I guess you'll give away the puzzles that's and the, the problem so if so you good. film
0: somebody doing an escape room you're giving a, that escape room is over for anybody who's watched yeah. it. So there but is but I like, think you can well, get do away they, with just
6: teasing stuff And it
0: can th- be th- more I'm about what's ass- going on in
1: your regular life I'm also assuming they reset the rooms at some point too Yeah,
0: or like like you find a couple companies who are about to retire a room and You're like, yeah, do you mind yeah. if we, you know, yeah. immortalize <laughs> this room before
6: it's dead I love it, this room Do you have a favorite, So what's your favorite room? What's been the room? What's the room of rooms?
0: Ooh, there is a room in Manhattan called the Maze of Hikana. Okay, It's a Russian company The Russians are insane <laughs> Okay, the Koreans I, I and the could... Chinese really kind of started in New York. Like most of the stuff was in Koreatown. Okay, the Chinese came in, uh, but then the Russians—they're insane and they're like slowly taking over the market. Okay, and they do not care about the law. Oh they're no, amazing. Well, oh, I don't wow. want to like. I don't want to. Die. <laughs> we did one where it was just two people. What are you
6: talking about, Matt no, Line Schmidt? But I've definitely heard of like K-L- people. I've definitely heard of
0: people like where, like you know, you you might be tied up or something like that.
1: know.
0: we did a room from one of the Russians yeah. that was two people handcuffed, hooded, oh, and wow. then we, we were if chained into that. separate coffins. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my and God. And usually nowadays, the there's <laughs> an escape is... button. Like there's a red button, and okay. then if you press it, yeah. it releases the room automatically. So like, yeah. God forbid there's a fight, red button out. Yeah. So you're never actually trapped. Okay. But there was no red button in either of those coffins. <laughs> and as far as I know, we were legitimately chained. Like they wrapped <laughs> chains around the coffin. So if there was a fire, we would have just been in our coffins. You're done. Well, so that you're, I don't want to do. Well, that. You're already in the That coffin, I want to be like, oh, <laughs> we got to
1: do some math on a wall and pull a book and like a, 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 a door opens. That's, <laughs> my, were, that's more my speed. No, now it? it's crazy. I mean, really? we were in
0: a room where we did all these puzzles and then I had to climb through a vent. And I get to the end of the vent thinking it would be like another room or something. Yeah. And there was just a gun. And I was like, wait, what? So I come crawling out and they're like, what's the clue? And I'm like, I just like held up a fake gun. I was like, they gave us a gun. And then this actor who was dressed, we was like an insane asylum. Yeah. So this, this doctor comes running at us. So I hand the gun to the cop. Yeah. So he right. shoots this, the, the insane doctor. And yeah. then the guy like, "Quote unquote," die. We're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. It's getting really intense. That sounds wow. intense. All right, maybe, maybe well, that's your fault,
6: passed, man, because people know. like you and your team. You know, yeah, we need to better push and these better people high, to high every, every time, time. <laughs> to the limits.
1: Do you like cheat? Do you like go in and like, oh, there's a lock over here. Someone picked a lock, and uh, like, you know, it's that kind of stuff. Or do you like do you actually like follow the order of the room? We
0: try as much as we can to f- stay true but to the you- spirit, but okay. sometimes we just skip a puzzle because. Like if there's if the puzzle is, here's something in a code and then the next puzzle helps you find the key for that code. Yeah. Sometimes we just look at that code and we're like, we can crack this. Yeah. We don't need any more help. Oh, okay. okay. So that we'll skip that sometimes that happens by accident. We're so the like, clues
6: are like guidelines, sort of so to speak. So you can solve things without there's going so much step difference by step in by step by step difficulty. Yeah.
0: That some rooms that code is just like, Okay, just crack it. Yeah. And some rooms, like later on, they give you the way oh an easier way to crack it. So like we'll sometimes beat the room because we think, oh, okay, they want us to crack it. We can do this. Mm. Even though that's not their intent. <laughs> I can just so, so, so it's like you go in the room, it's like, okay, you're on the
1: code, we'll find other shit, yeah, but yeah. if you crack the code before we get to yeah, the yeah, just give it to Holler. God, that's so. Or cool. they
6: just walk in with a master key and they just go <laughs>
4: ksh, ksh, room
0: done. <laughs> and we have this thing called a roll through, which is okay. uh, sometimes there's like number locks. Let's say there's four numbers. Okay. And as you solve the puzzle, sometimes they're giving you like, here's the first number, here's right. the second. Number, yeah. but once you have three out of the four numbers, you just, yeah, you, just just you just put the first three, and then you literally go zero, one, two. We call it a roll through. Where you just roll oh, okay. through the yeah, final yeah. dial. Yeah, so I'm like getting all these hints, that that's a speedrunner <laughs> thing. But like, I feel like that's okay. Yeah, like, totally. Like it's
1: supposed to just show you're smart. Escape the tips, just but
0: now just... the room people know that. about the roll through technique. Uh, So they'll purposely give you like the first three numbers. And then when you find the final number, they'll be like, by the way, the order of the numbers is actually two, three, one, four. So you're not getting the numbers in order. You're just getting the four numbers. And the final piece tells you how to put them. So they're getting wise, which I like a lot.
6: So do they So they have video cameras I'm so fascinated I by too, this world and I, I heard about it and I was like I gotta ask I feel this. like yeah. I just stumbled on that documentary About the mole people you know that live yeah. underneath yeah. the subways By the way like,
0: I, Explaining an escape the room to my 99 year old grandmother Who is a holocaust survivor Oh I could imagine oh How, Was a very weird and interesting <laughs> process Like, why, why would you do that? <laughs> Like, didn't we come here to this country? So you did not do that. Wait, who's doing these rooms? The Russians are doing these rooms. <laughs> Wait, you? We were locked in rooms at, at your age. They just there were, there were no puzzles. There was yes. just, there was just death. Oh, oh
6: man! Please, yeah, please tell me, tell that joke on stage. I've tried, but I think it's too dark. It's pretty dark, but <laughs> but it's, it's
0: a real story. My grandmother legitimately uh, was like, I don't understand why you would do this for fun.
6: Oh, the times how they have changed. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, maybe we'll dip back into that because <laughs> okay. I've got more questions. <laughs> but, but I want to get to Mad Magazine because Mad sure. Magazine is something I hold dear to my heart. And when I moved to New York City 16, 17 years ago, it was my mission to figure out a way to either work, uh, work alongside or just find my way into those offices just to like snoop around look around and i was lucky enough too through radio and and i found my way you know to the offices and seen the big giant alfred e newman statue yeah, and from
0: their their very short-lived movie career
6: yeah right right
0: the lampoon was killing it with all yeah. their like lampoon movies so matt was like we can do it they made one, one. movie that's it and then never again what movie was it it was a uh, military camp one, I think.
6: Yeah. What was the? F- I'm trying to think of the full title. And, the, and I feel like,
0: the, and
1: I feel like, and
0: I love the Lampoon. Uh-huh. Uh, but I feel like, like the movie quality is like falling off. Well, the company itself, there's like the National Lampoon name. Yeah. Right. And keep, there was like some weird stock deal, and, like okay. all this crazy stuff. Keeps where like owned keeps, by different people. Or? Yeah. So then they were just like, let's just license it out and make these like straight to DVD things. Yeah. And, like, what I think it they're is. trying to revive it. I mean, like, you
1: know, some of those early ones they did, like, I mean, like, Vacation and Animal House and all those. those Sure. And those are
0: still tied to the Harbor Lampoons. I think they're, like, residuals from that continue to fund, like, Basically, college student parties.
6: Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's incredible.
0: I'm sorry, Mad so, Magazine.
6: Oh, no, no, no. So it's okay. So, you know, Mad, obviously a huge part of my life. It's mm-hmm. like I grew up in a small town in the middle of nowhere in Ohio, but we did have that convenience store that did carry Mad yes. Magazine, and I was the asshole, folded all the back I, covers. I folded and, many and, back covers. Oh, I so, would
0: very gently do it, so it was like curved, mm-hmm. so it didn't ruin the magazine, but I could see kind of what it was.
6: <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know how to half-ass anything back then. It was like committed, <laughs> doing it. Full you know. ass this. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> You, you know f- eventually finding my way to mad and then uh, you know being fortunate enough to interview you know john over there and yeah. and people like al Jaffe, these these legends from from the magazine was such a cool thing for me but you my friend were a part of it In a much bigger Cooler way So so how did you find your way Through the doors at MAD
0: So I was Freshman in college And I was just starting To like really get into The comedy idea Because basically I was doing magic Trying to be funny While doing magic mm-hmm. And then I had a frat brother I was in a Which is like the frat That made The Harvard a Made Facebook okay. So like when you watch The social network Like that's the that's frat yeah. And those are the shitty parties That when I came in As a student I was like I'm gonna fix it So I was the first Like external social chair To like We could throw good parties Like we, we're <laughs> we the do, Facebook guys now We can Let's do this do guys. This. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Mark came back and visited, and like I remember having dinner with Eduardo, and like who knew that like yeah, of course, what craziness was going to happen? change the world, insane the know, like, world. Everybody that lives even... with Mark and, like in that frat like has jobs. Like of course, I'm always going to be like the second or third most prominent ape. <laughs> <able>. There's <laughs> no way I could ever re- be the the most famous Harvard uh, ape. Well, alum. if
6: you make enough money, you just buy Facebook. And then <laughs> I mean, gonna... <laughs> I feel like Mark
0: is, Mark's billions are going to be pretty untouched. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. But um. We were, you know oh, well Matt. enough to call Mark. <laughs> yeah, Mark and A. Mark uh, and A. <laughs> uh, the <is> Zucks. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, we would call him Zuck. But uh, I was like trying to figure out what I was going to do with my summer because I had been a lifeguard. and I love being a lifeguard. But like Harvard, there's that that?
6: We should just list off the things you don't do because <laughs> that's going to be a much shorter list at this <laughs> point. Lifeguard also now? Okay. So, I'm sorry. Lifeguard.
0: Uh, and then I was like, I need to do something cool. So, I just like applied on a whim to be an intern at Mad. Mm-hmm. Got it which was insane. And then, uh, I, I planned my whole summer around it. I made sure magic camp was, was free that week. Uh, and I lifeguarded for like half the summer and then was mad the rest of the summer. And, uh, it was amazing. It's like comedy boot camp. Like mm-hmm. you sit down, they don't pay you, but if they buy an article, they pay you the rate they would pay any other writer which okay. is, at that time. I think it was like $500 a page, which is pretty significant. You get yeah. four pages in like, that's a yeah, pretty like, good deal. It could be totally. your rent. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and they're really like secretly they're they're training you um, to be a writer for them. Like their idea is, by the time you get done with this internship, we want you to be somebody who submits articles to. Us.
6: Sure. By the way, that's the guy looking for the Playboy brill uh, yeah. covers. <laughs> <laughs> He's already figured it out. <laughs>
0: so, 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 you... so I started interning for them. That was a six-week program. I published a couple of articles, and then I would just like send them articles. And I can, I can still do that. I just like email the editors, like here's like some pitches, and if they buy the pitch, it goes in the magazine. Wow, it's pretty fun. So
6: cool, man. So obviously you have some Mad stuff hanging up here as well. What's this one up in the upper right corner? So the upper
0: right was they were cleaning house a little bit, and when they did their old school layouts, like that's an actual. So they would take like photographs or the actual mm-hmm. art and like kind of tape it to cardboard and be like, "This is where it's got to be located." This is like pre-computer layout. So this is an, a layout from uh, Mad Issue One Thirty Four. Uh of like Al Jaffi's actually his magic they wanted to put the cover of his magic book in the magazine. So cool. So it's an action I should have taken more, honestly. Like Yeah. It was. They were like, "Yeah, if you want to take it, we're like throwing this out." So I was like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Well, who
1: throws that stuff out? You think that's such a big part of your history, or like how you laid out your well, it's just stuff but for
0: man. them? It's like so they have the. This isn't the original original oh, art of the cover. Oh, okay. So for them, this is just like a layout of okay, like taking I got up you. space. But for me, I'm like, "This is awesome." Yeah, man. this yeah, is yeah. pretty.
6: It's behind the scenes stuff. Now, uh, um, an old listener of mine from the Series XM days, after he retired from the military, got a job at DC Comics, and now he's he uh, uh, does all the digital covers for Mad Magazine. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, so he does all the motion graphics for the digital covers. So oh, it's fantastic. So, yeah, so he ended up at uh, MAD too, man. I remember pitching
0: is, uh... me and another intern. Um, we had gotten together because we both love MAD so much. And this is probably 2008, I think, I want to say, around there. We came in to pitch, like, you guys should start a blog. Like, blogs are a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, unfortunately, Cracked kind of beat MAD to it. And that's right. Cracked really, like, figured out the model of it. Of but now MAD is, like, is doing a lot more of Twitter and all that Kind of content Because right. they're really good Yeah they're really And really they're in good. the office Every day so like I remember pushing Really hard I was like Let's get You gotta get this stuff Online and like You know That's the one And they're doing great Like Warner Brothers mm-hmm. You know Is licensing out All their properties mm-hmm. And there's that Mad cartoon series Which is yeah. really cool yeah. And Matt TV came back For yeah. like half it a second Yeah it did, I
6: know I did for half a second And uh, every time I go back To my parents house In Ohio I bust out my Mad board game I had uh, yes. the board game Did you There's have that? Yeah, a card that? game too Yeah And the, the object of the game Was to lose all of your money Yes And uh, and there was one space You could land on That you would acquire The uh, Alfred E. Newman Like one billion dollar bill Or whatever And you couldn't ever lose it So like you automatically <laughs> Lost the game If you, you got that screwed. bill it's amazing <laughs> But uh, yeah I still have it all, all the pieces and everything man So we, we bust That's it out and we play That's how game. I
0: knew about mad was my my grandmother had my dad's cardboard box full of mad. Oh, and anytime so I visited my grandmother, they would send us to like that closet and I would go mm-hmm. through it. And I would read parodies of movies I'd never seen with references. I had no idea when I was <laughs> yeah. seven years old or whatever. But that was really... I remember just reading it and my dad loving it so much and then being able to call him and be like, I'm writing for this magazine now. You must have freaked out. Like, it did was you keep amazing. it a secret or
6: did you wait until something happened and then you sent it to him? Well, as like soon how- as I
0: actually got the internship. Yeah, yeah. And then I my first laptop was a gateway. Oh, sure. And I, gateway, oh, they and had I remember getting like they had the Kelly labels. Right there, the, cow. Yeah. Yeah. the mad like would have these really cool illustrated just lab- mailing labels. Mm-hmm. I remember cutting out all the graphics to like, la- so my laptop in school was had all this mad stuff on it. But <laughs> <laughs> last the, time was I was so there, fun.
6: John hooked me up with the, um, one of those old pins from like the fifties or sixties where it's like a, a metal circle with the stem coming up the top yes. And you were to fold it. You know, you fold it was, the like, pin over for Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. And he found one in his drawer. He's like, dude, this might be the last one, but it's yours. I'm like, Oh, oh, that's cool. oh sweet. And so Love it. I haven't folded it or anything, but I've got it in a nice case. Yeah. It's really cool.
0: I remember like my first day they were like, Oh, um, have you done any drugs? I was like, Oh shit, they're gonna drug test me. And they're like, Yeah, because if it comes back negative, we might have to fire you. And I was like, Yes,
6: <laughs> this is the best place ever. Oh my god, what a way to make someone shit their pants! Yeah, up yeah, for a hot that's second. probably exactly the point. Too.
0: <laughs> it's great. And he would like call for. Have you ever been in his office when he calls for a meeting?
6: No, I haven't.
0: He has a collection of like sound effect things, like a train whistle, and like weird, like weird sounds. So you'll just hear like a weird train whistle, and you're like, I guess John's yeah. calling a meeting. Oh, hilarious! And one time, I just remember sitting in a meeting. And everybody's a genius Like everybody's so fast And so good at writing In that mad voice mm-hmm. And just I remember looking over I think it was Joe Raiola And he was just like Wrapping his face In scotch tape <laughs> And like putting his nose Into like a pig nose And everybody Like accepted it And was just like Yeah this is a thing That we do at meetings <laughs> And I think he was Kind of doing it For my benefit And the other intern Because like Everybody else I'm sure has seen it A billion times yeah, we're yeah. like, This is literally Exactly what you dream of <laughs> when you picture writing for mad is just a guy taping his face in silence not even bringing attention to it you walk in the
1: door the first thing you do it's like okay here's your mad issued slinky and your mad yeah. zoo. let's go
6: your like, band-aids your yeah, other exactly. things with the branded that's things. so great very cool well flash forward to today all right and we've been fortunate enough to catch you in in a little bit of a break here you've been on tour quite a bit and uh i think the last time i saw you I ran to you in the streets of uh, uh just for laughs like up in yes. montreal streets of montreal. My first time in montreal yeah your first time there and we ran you to turn on the streets like oh my god we gotta hang we gotta figure this out and and so obviously it led to this but but you've been on tour with uh you know gad and let, let's talk about this whole experience sure. and how so, you, you wound up with this guy who's now making a, a prominent uh he's he's putting his foot and marking his spot in the united states now he's finally. making a huge so, death yeah
0: it's pretty incredible to see how fast i mean it makes sense he's maybe the most famous Person in France or the most famous comedian mm-hmm. in France so he has a lot of heat and skill and, and sure knows how to do
6: it speaks like 40 languages I feel like his Netflix speaks specials are like three Hebrew. languages
0: yeah English French so yeah. four, which is and can do comedy in all of them which is insane yeah that's insane in- wow
6: so, so how'd that relationship begin? Cause that's, uh, you know, it's not like, oh, I ran into American comic at said club in the right. hallway. He saw me tell a funny joke, come on the road with me. I was just uh, hanging out
0: at the Eiffel Tower yeah, looking right. for spots. <laughs> right. Uh, but he, no, I was, I, I was like, he was doing a documentary called 10 minutes in America. So the initial project was, I'm going to come to, it was like Canal Plus, which is their kind of HBO. So they're like, all right, he's the most famous comic in France. This would be a fun documentary to send him to New York. Uh, send him on a little bit of a tour to random places in America and see, can he do 10 minutes in English? That's going to be the experiment. So he comes to New York and the first show he does is at the Metropolitan Room. Um, and I'm hosting. That's the old Gotham. Yeah. yeah. Well, people yeah
6: know.
1: Gotham still owns if I'm not mistaken. They yeah. do. They do yeah, different they do. stuff
0: there. Yeah, it was a comedy show. Yeah. So I'm hosting the show and Gad saw me and we were we hit it off uh, and he saw me doing well. Like I made sure I did a couple jokes before I brought him up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then he was like, oh, you know, I'm doing this show at Gotham. I'm like headlining it. Do you want to host that? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I hosted that. Uh did pretty well. Then I, I made it into the documentary. Like My favorite moment, this is crazy, was he literally goes like, they go, why are you going to New York? And he goes, because they have the best comics in the world. And then it cuts to me doing a joke. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. That's amazing, <laughs> That's man. a nice edit.
6: Boy, so you can't go to France now without sunglasses and a hat.
0: <laughs> right. Some people, Gad will like Instagram, like live Instagram or live Facebook. Uh-huh. I'm just saying it backwards like I'm a yeah. grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> he has Facebook live. Uh, so like- I did one with him recently and he's like, uh, who knows who this is? And then people start going, Harrison, Harrison. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. oh so people are following, which is cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, although there was a couple of weird ones. Somebody was like, "Muhammad." I'm like, mm, I don't know if I look like a Muhammad."
6: <laughs> Seems like a weird. Maybe he used a different filter or something. Yeah. <laughs> he posted that one. Uh,
0: so, I, like, time goes by. I go to LA. I was, like, writing for this show for Comedy Central. I'm, I fly back. I'm getting I'm like getting my bags and I get a text from Gad being like, "Hey, do you want to open for me at the Beacon?" And I was like, "Holy shit." Like, he was doing it in French, but he like wanted to have an English opener. I the Beacon Weird. is an insane like mm-hmm. my dad's a musician. Um he does real estate cuz he's Jewish, but he also <laughs> plays music for fun. Uh so what does he, he play? What does he play? About harmonica. Him?
6: What? It's like a blues band.
0: So I was like what? the only, it was like a Jewish family in Long Island listening to like Muddy Waters from like B.B. <laughs> King. Crazy. Like that was our, Wait, we grew up to.
6: So, so what's, what's the deal behind the Jew's harp? Like why is it called that? Right? It's super weird. He not literally, awkward.
0: anytime he plays the harp, it is the Jew harp. So <laughs> he makes that a thing, yeah, and uh, the Jew Harp is a particular instrument that it's very Franklin, precise. I think, developed it's out a of hand. It's a very
6: spe- like, specific thing, I mean, there's like one use for it, you right? Know?
0: He plays the actual harmonica, although people yeah. call those harps, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he's not playing the Jew Harp per se, but I guess any harp, you yeah, yeah, is <laughs> a Jew Harp. But he had so, seen a ton of concerts at the Beacon, so like, be able to get them backstage. My uh, parents had to see me in front of him, I think it's like 2,000 or 3,000 yeah. people, yeah, sounds about right, yeah. And then he's like, Yeah, I'm moving to New York. I was like, Holy, oh, yeah. Like any help you want, like anytime you want to hang out, I'm in. So we did, I think I did more than 30 or 40 shows with him at Joe's pub, Mm -hmm. which was like his residency, right? Mm -hmm. uh, including one show where Seinfeld was on the show. That was crazy. Um, And then we just, we went on the road together. We did eight cities in 11 days back in like September. Okay. And then he kicked up this tour. So I just came from doing Portland, Denver and uh, Phoenix, which is super fun.
6: So I mean, this is great though because yeah, I mean that's crazy that like he comes from France
1: and you're just like you know like up until eight months ago I had never heard the name and, yeah and I know a lot about comedy you know so it's just like oh it's it's very interesting and I'm sure he's doing large size room I mean the Beacon equivalent of in you know San Francisco or wherever he's he's at or Seattle so like it's kind of unbelievable to see that, like oh my gosh this guy's known so well. well
0: I had no idea how many French and Moroccan people lived in America that must, that must be what it is I guess. like you go yeah. to Phoenix Arizona and you're like. Who hears from France? Woo! Who hears from Morocco? Woo! And I'm like, All of you? That must yeah. Be, yeah. Like all you guys? Yeah, I mean, not, guy. not that his whole audience is that, yeah, yeah, but it's. I had no
6: idea. No, did, I, that I, happened with Russell Peters when he did a yeah. big show. Did he do the Garden too, right? No, or, but that, he that, did, that's uh, the
1: example I was going to say. It's like I'm assuming it's very similar that how Russell he Peters...
6: He did a real huge, maybe it was Prudential. Center. He did some big show on that Green Card tour. Yeah. Oh, and, and he's still of Radio City too. Yeah, and yeah. and and you, d- you just don't realize, you know what I mean? Like, that many of whatever type of people live in the city. And yeah. they're all here right now in this room. And he's
0: really <sighs> trying to get that American audience. So he's yeah. doing on yeah. American TV. Well, he's and, like, doing it. He's a Hall lot of late February night. February 11th. He sure. just did
1: Conan? Was it Conan?
0: Or
6: Conan Con- twice. Yeah, yeah twice. Yeah, yeah, relatively quickly, too. Um, but I feel like Gad's... Um, acceptance or not acceptance, but just uh, rise in America so much faster than than a Peters or or Tim Minchin or or some other people yeah. that are it's massive.
1: It could,
6: <laughs> I mean he is in that documentary I take all the
1: credit is it? <laughs> I mean <laughs> but, like that's the constant here we're talking about
6: But you're in the inside so you're <laughs> seeing that happen in real time So like what do you think it is that, that people are gravitating towards And like how it's able to expand so quickly you Well know? he has a
0: gigantic audience Like if you can come to America and sell the Thousand Seat Theater right away yeah. People are going to notice Yeah. But he has a really smart team He's doing a really good job of like You know, fresh air. Like so many people come up to me and are like, "I heard about Gad on NPR. Like, he's doing all the late night shows, and he's friends with a lot of these guys. Like Jerry Seinfeld's a really good buddy, Mm. and he's just he's very smart and he's very funny. He's he's very good at what he does and dedicated. So dedicated. I mean, not only is he working on his stand up in English." But there was a period where he was just basically taking English lessons every day, working on his accent, mm. going line by line through his scripts to you know make sure that he was, you know, he constantly would ask mm. me like, how would you say this? How would you say that? To make sure he's saying it exactly right. Right. And there was a period where like, you could talk to him for like, a very short period before he get tired because he was speaking in a, a yeah. language he didn't know as well as, as his primary yeah, language yeah, yeah. and now he go, can go on for hours. That's I mean, now he's riffing man. a lot more. Like, at the beginning, it was much, I felt a little bit more scripted because he was learning the language yeah. Yeah. and now, because in France, he can just riff for two hours yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's doing that a lot more now which is really cool to see the full, like, full gad, like, gad in all of his powers he's a great mime and a great physical person his dad was a mime mm. so he has all that physicality on top of like great timing and charisma and like
6: well he must have freaked out when he met you because clowns and magic yeah. and he must have been like oh my god you know the son I never had
1: <laughs> it's no I'm sure cool. that's
6: really helped for you and your career too yeah you're it's being, been really cool you're and being
0: seen by so many other different people and definitely gets me up in front of really cool people and uh, it's been really fun just to like show him see comedy through his eyes Because yeah, for me mm. it's like yeah i'm going to the cellar or i'm going to the whatever club and like it's exciting but i it's par for the course for a new york comic mm. but for him he's just like it's so cool to see a guy who does twenty thousand seat arenas yeah and i i'll drag him to like a 25 like 25 seat room and be like let's do stand up here or like we were in boston and like drag him to the studio oh, the comedy nice. studio I can ask you and like, there, this yeah. is the third floor of a chinese restaurant mm. and like god is here Yes. And it's so cool to like for him. I like he. I remember him saying he's like, "This for me is way more frightening than a stadium." And this is like why I'm why I'm here is to like do that stuff. Yeah, because it makes it it makes stand up exciting for him again.
6: Very cool. Well, yeah. uh, this will be the last thing. And thank you so much for the time, Harrison. Of this course, is good to catch anytime. up, pick your brain. So uh you did mention the cellar, and we've been asking a lot of comedians their their uh, uh, you know audition at the cellar and yeah. how it went, and who you know who asked them. Or who asked and and said, "Hey, you no, know, this person's cool. Just check them out and that kind of thing." So, what's what's your story with the seller? I greenbombed
0: it. Uh, <laughs> I feel like all of the major things I've had to like, f- like everybody walks through the door and I have to like find a window and like put a ladder against <laughs> yeah. it and like climb through. <laughs> Move the gun My whole the career is breaking and entering.
6: That's what I'm trying to say. So, uh, and and yet you're trying to escape the room at the same time. <laughs> exactly. so, so you get in and now you got to get climb out. Through the window, yeah.
0: there's a gun in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's maybe that's why I do escape the room. Yeah, it's like the perfect and you're so good at of, it. yeah. Everything else that I've done. The
6: guy who's doing the maze backwards, right? Yeah.
0: Um, I uh, I was trying to find like the wrecks and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Noam, who's the owner, mm-hmm. uh, and it's super, just a, like an amazing guy. Really, really smart too. Um, and loves comedy. Like it's always great when you can find an owner, like yeah. loves comedy and also doesn't want to do it. <laughs> right or had it hasn't done it like is not a comic who resents the fact that he's not a comic <laughs> Noam just loves being around comedians and giving com- comics like a, a second home to work on their shit and it's an SD 2 it, it's such mm-hmm. a nice thing to see that um but i emailed him literally just like cold emailed him and was like hey i know you have this like radio show at that at that point I, yeah i think it was already on sirius it started out yeah, as a from podcast the, from the table yeah live from the table mm-hmm. i was like you've talked about every aspect of the seller but you haven't mentioned like you haven't talked about the audition process and i know it because i'm a comic but like i feel like your listeners want to know how do new comics 100 do it and and if you want i will happily be the guinea pig and audition like live on air and he was like yeah if you want to do that like are you free like next tuesday it was that fast i was like cool and i didn't even think it through to be like this may be a dumb idea because i show up like very excited i'm like i'm ready to fucking knock the set out of the park i'm ready for this (laughs) And uh, they're like, yeah, so like you're not nervous. Like the fact that like this could go poorly and it's going to go around the country. Like everyone is yeah. listening to your audition. This isn't like a private thing where you can fail it and then wow, come back to to help out, later. no? Yeah. Way to help out. <laughs> yeah, so they're like building. There's a, a couple of their comics like James Smith and Ryan <laughs> Hamilton. I think Lenny Marcus was there. Oh, no, Natterman was there. Okay. And so like they, they all knew me, so they were rooting for me. But like part of the thing was to increase this drama. So I'm like, oh, shit, I really did. I put it all on the line for this <laughs> thing. So I go down, kill it, just crush it. Um, I found out later they were hoping I was going to bomb, so it could be like this, <laughs> more dramatic. They didn't know who I was, more you know. dramatic, you know, for their podcast or radio. Right, and no one had never seen me before, so we just assumed I was this like random comic. And uh, I crushed it, and then I had to come back and audition like a few weeks later for Estee. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to audition twice. Um, oh, yeah. And then once Estee like sits you down. And then you're really nervous because if she hands you her email address and describes how to send in your veils, that means you passed. Yeah. If she doesn't, then you haven't passed. But she's like, she has that Israeli countenance, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it can be very scary. And your whole career is on the line. And she's a big gatekeeper to that career. Yeah. I mean, yeah. most, I, I mean, Keith Alberstadt, when I was asking him about it, I was like, so like any recommendation? And he's like, I don't know. But like, I was more nervous for that audition than I was for Letterman. <laughs> I was like, shit. Wow. This is big. So that was, that's how, and then same thing with Montreal. I never got new faces. I know. And I, I, did, I was at the final me, round man. every year.
6: When you told me that was you, you're like, dude, this is my first time. And you, same thing, you were just so excited to be there. Like you're looking yeah. around, you're like this is so fucking great. And I'm like, man, Harrison, well, you've been here like probably 14 times. First time, I was yeah. blown away and when the you told I, me that. That
0: was through a window because it was Gad being like, I'm doing five shows as part of the festival, and I want Harrison to be my opener. Mm. So he was like, I'm bringing Harrison. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah, and they weren't you weren't gonna
6: to... say no, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that that was how I got my first Montreal, you know.
6: Summer. That's crazy, man. So obviously, it went well with with SD2, like that audition. You crushed it the second time. Yeah, it was fun. It was super
0: fun. Yeah, it's crazy to like, every time you work there, like, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Wow. This is
1: crazy There's a reason Some of those Those magical spots You know There's a reason That the cellar Is the big one in New York And I guess Like the, the store Out in LA I guess sure. and there's You hear that there's the, the
0: lore of some Of these places There's so much history So much history At the cellar Yeah And like so the much. store Is interesting Because when you get past You paint your name On the wall Yeah Yeah So there's that Extra level of like And also if you get Your name on the wall That means you get To park in their lot Really? Yeah. So Did when you that? drive up your car, if you're on the wall, you get to hand over your keys to like an intern who's like a, basically a, a new comic. Yeah. And they park your car somewhere in that lot. Otherwise, you have to drive around Sunset forever. Oh, I didn't so know So you that. really want your name on the wall because it makes your <laughs> life so much easier.
1: Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. That's good yeah. to know. Like, I, as, cool. as non-comics, we yeah, yeah. don't know that stuff sometimes.
6: So uh, I guess we'll go out on this. The, one of the final squares, the only one we didn't really talk about here is this uh, People <laughs> Magazine's Inside Comedy with Letterman. Oh, yeah. With Letterman. My sister got that for me uh, joan, joan rivers bill Murray, yeah. Eddie
0: murphy yes yeah, from 1984 it's a cover of people weekly um, and it was like these are literally it says like if you read the article like these are the hot new stars of comedy wow. <laughs> so it's letterman in 84 dangerfield who's like just <laughs> doing his big movies yeah, yeah. yeah joan rivers eddie murphy and bill murphy like these are the guys these are gonna this be the guys it. this
6: is it everyone
0: so I, I love having it on the wall because it's like at some point these were like the hot new guys They weren't just like The names that everybody knew Right They had to have that period Where people were like You should check out Letterman He's real funny
6: That's unbelievable So it's kind of like well, because no the show,
0: name. every comedian has that journey. You know, it's
1: like it's, yeah. it, I, don't, I don't I don't know of any comedian that kind of makes that jump. Qu- Some of them do. Some of them get like, you know, touched by the industry. And the next thing you know, after four years, they're like, you know, they're wherever they are. But, yeah. You know, for the most part, it takes a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears and shit shows near murders. And jo- I mean, Joan. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but like Joan and Rodney, they're all in their like 40s.
1: At I know. This point. Yeah. Well, Rodney broke late, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he broke really late. And Joan, I don't feel like Joan broke that late. She was younger when she 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 was in her 30s when she really started doing it yeah she was like a housewife and she was tired of being a housewife or is that the story of phyllis diller i feel like that's the story of phyllis diller It was both it it might be both actually i guess you're either a housewife or you're a comedian if you're uh, a woman
6: she'll always be dot matrix to me man (laughs) (laughs) every time someone says joan rivers i just think dot matrix right away
0: i would have loved to see how she would react to trump because she won the celebrity apprentice And she was very loyal to people that she liked. That's true. Her her reaction to Trump would have been, um, it would have been this insane thing. She either would have (sighs) done the inauguration or she would have been like in the White House. (laughs) Uh, yeah that's a really good question because I feel like Joan was like a pioneer for like
1: women's rights and all that kind of yeah, stuff right yeah she's rid re- this weird juxtaposition but then again you have a guy like Howard Stern who's been friends with Trump forever he's like hey listen I'm not voting for you yeah he flat out just told him yeah, to yeah. I bet Joan would able, be I'm that probably, yeah he might be or
0: Joan would try to or get something. in the White House and like talk sense at him because she literally <laughs> would be allowed yeah, to like, Donnie oh we my have God. to have a could conversation you, could yeah. you imagine
6: some leaked footage of that like just <sighs> Joan having it so out with Donald in the Oval Office and he's like slouched he's slouched in the office and she's just weighing yeah beat the uh, death. By i will say that's that's another one i'm so lucky i got to spend some time with joan, joan. only once though but but wow. we hung out for like a good hour and a half and it was like i knew that was a special moment you know what i mean that's like one on the roadmap where it's like it's so much pressure telling the kids about that yeah sure it's absolutely like
0: and i opened for paul mooney for two years and like oh, anytime geez. you would Which tell is, me like a prior story you're like yeah. this is crazy yeah. Like
6: this guy is direct correlate yeah absolutely <laughs> you
0: wrote for Pryor, you yeah. <laughs> were the head writer of the yeah. Richard Pryor show. Yeah, that show's
1: legendary. Yeah, it's yeah crazy. Yeah. He wrote on uh, all of Pryor stuff, right? Did he? Yeah, and he's like the roast master of the roast. Yeah, he and Pryor wrote a lot of Blazing Saddles, if I'm not mistaken. Too, I yeah. want he had a ready credit on Blazing Saddles as well. Too. Yeah.
6: <laughs> well, Matt, I got to say, I'm glad we booked Greeny the Clown. On, uh, <laughs> I know. Podcast. This is going
1: to be called the Greeny the Clown episode. That's what <laughs> yeah, Which
6: just <laughs> truly amazing everything you've been able to accomplish because uh, you know you're the type of person you're like I'm going to do this, you do it and it happens and you if you're passionate about something you're gonna reach the pinnacle of whatever it is man so oh thanks man you know i can't f-
0: wait for 10 years from now to do the next one well hopefully you'll have be like uh, a, i'll fill that one out. Yeah, wanna, yeah, maybe uh, be, that that'll be filled
6: be up with your vinyl man your
0: vinyl will be up
1: on
6: the wall on, on the spirit wall and i'll be telling people about that time that uh, harrison greenbaum was on my podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be nuts all right harrison always good to see you man thank you so much man cheers and that'll do it with our interview with Harrison Greenbaum on the Left Button podcast. Woo. Yeah, it's like so went
1: by really quick. We got <laughs> we got escape the room tips, guys, that aren't leaving this room. So fuck everyone out there. I we feel got like the I'm tips. I'm part
3: of the elite.
1: <laughs> so when we go to escape that motherfucking room, we're we'll gonna escape that fucking room. <laughs>
3: the tips were directed at burning the room down. <laughs> yeah, Actually, yeah. that's how, that's spoiler alert. That's how you escape it.
1: <laughs> Hide an axe in your pocket. Not yeah. not the lock Destroy off the door. Destroy the room. <laughs> uh, so give the guy that lets you in the room room, a 20 spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, go to laughbun.com for everything you need. We have some trailers up for the new Amy Schumer show. I mean, the new Amy Schumer movie that she's doing. We have the trailer up for the new uh, My Brother My Brother and Me podcast, which has been turned into a CISO show. Uh, the new Detroiter show premiered last night, or I'm sorry, two nights ago howlingly funny gotta watch that on Comedy Central did you howl literally. yeah I did I literally howled um, also huge congratulations to our buddy Chris DiStefano who actually had his pilot uh, ordered at CBS based on his life by the production team of How I Met Your Mother um, yeah and then uh, Netflix also released a trailer for Dear White People coming up we got SNL Alec Baldwin this week let's see what happens and then a uh, shout out to our, our previous podcast uh, guest Roy Wood Jr. he's got a special that's ready to premiere next week too so yeah. Get plus more it. details on that in the meantime you can you can find us anywhere. You put in the laugh button in the socials at the laughbutton.com. Read up, subscribe to our uh, our newsletter, get some news, reviews, and interviews. Buy some merch, support us. Have
4: dreams uh, come true.
1: You can find me at I am Kleinschmidt Bram, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me
2: on Twitter, Bram Filter, and if you like Satan, go to metalinsider.net <laughs> to read all about heavy things.
1: Bram Filter like spam filter. Yes, I, I just got that earlier yeah. today. Someone else. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. right. <laughs> that's, that's nutty. It took me a while. Uh, Brittany, where can people find you?
3: Uh, Twitter. Better. It's elusive. It's spelled Beyonce. B-E-Y-O-N-C-E. No, I'm just kidding. Brit uh, Brave. One T. There you have it. Lots of tweets about Yelp I know and someone th- pizza.
1: I know someone that has an Instagram handle that's like probably not Beyonce. That's their handle?
3: Yes, or probably Beyonce. Or probably oh, Beyonce. I know who we're you know talking, know what talking about yeah, and I was a little upset. It's
1: a Mutual Comedy Central friend.
3: Mine like, is Britney the Brave when he was interested and it's as cheesy as you think it is
1: <laughs> with this. There are those Thug Life photos of her just like as a two-year-old. Like, yeah, what's up, Thug Life?
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> All right, so that'll do it. Uh, thanks for listening to the Left Button Podcast. Until uh, next week, see you later. Soon.
3: Bye.